My name is Charles Xavier. Please sit down. It's me. Prove it. You're a dick. We are the future, Charles, not them. You know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? Why do you ask questions to which you already know the answers? I will always be there, old friend. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and we've got a full crew today. We've got Robbie, we've got Peaches, we've got Chris. Gentlemen, welcome. You know what's astounding? What is astounding? You have not yet finished uh, God of War Ragnarok, right? I have. Oh, you did finish it. I finished it last night. Y'all already finished it? Are you going to plat? I think I'm going to, yeah. Okay, so let me change slightly change what I'm going to say. You haven't platted God of War Ragnarok, and I got it in the mail today, uh, and we're podcasting right now. I mean, <laughs> uh, very. Uh, we've got a very lucky. Uh, no, we. That's how much we love our fans. That's true. And our fan base. The, I am listeners. in love with you. You realize fans. what these two are sacrificing to be here <laughs> Do today? Do you realize what I sacrificed? I'm in love with you, and I wish you. Would you write, have any idea what I sacrificed? I wish you would write back. <laughs> fans why uh, don't you love me you've probably already seen the title of this episode but uh just to kind of clue you in as to what's going on what's going to go on for the next few weeks obviously there is uh kind of a, a <laughs> drought in disney plus right now we don't have a lot of marvel stuff going on wakanda forever just came out but as we normally do we're not going to be covering it until we can get it in our hands and watch it and have a little bit more time to kind of digest and um, get get our thoughts together on it, so we'll wait until that comes out on Disney+. Plus. And so between now and then, we've got a few ideas of what we're going to do. So um, we're going to continue with our bonus episodes. If you'd like to listen to those bonus episodes, we've got another one coming out at the end of this month. Um, you can do so by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash assemblyrequired. Join our Patreon-exclusive Discord. We've got a few episodes already out there. Listen to the boys' Michigan Chillers episode that was on there. <laughs> yeah. We've got a Halloween Horror Nights episode that's on there. We're going to have another one at the end of this month. Uh, a lot of really well, we cool stuff. we can say stuff. what that one is, too. Sure, yeah. yeah. That doesn't need to be a surprise. It will be uh, in honor of the late, uh, godlike, great amazing Kevin Conroy will be doing a bonus episode on Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Was that his first? Is that why we chose that? It's his first movie role? It, uh, yeah, that it was produced after the first season of the uh, of the animated series. Okay, so then so, that's when he started, the first season of the animated series? Yeah, and that's okay. it's also like revered as one of, if not the greatest animated Batman yeah. thing. It, it was. Huh. There before, are a lot of people who argue it's the best Batman movie. Period. I have seen it very many times, especially before the Dark Knight argued as the best Batman movie. Interesting. That is My, interesting. And you know, um, we'll talk about it on the episode. You know what? I'll save it for the episode. If you want to hear what I was about yeah. to just say, <laughs> yeah. join Jeez. our Patreon. You fucking got him. <laughs> Set him up to knock him down, baby. Uh, but instead of the bonus, er, in addition to the bonus episodes, what we're going to be doing every week because we're going to be, you know, it's going to be on an every other week thing. We are going to be tackling the X Men movies. We're going to start all the way from the beginning. 2000, the, the new millennium, yeah. 22 years ago. God, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Can we just redact every time? <laughs> I'm on sound. Every time one of us says the year, I'm going to bleep it out. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that's too much work. No, You're going to yeah. <laughs> give our listeners a headache. That'll be 2,000 bleeps. Uh, I'll turn do you have it to down. bleep that one or no? Uh, no, that one's fine. Um, so, yeah, we're talking today <laughs> all about X-Men 2000 film directed by Brian Singer. 
Uh, this film grossed two hundred and ninety-six million dollars against a budget of seventy-five million. Its twenty-one million opening day gross was the third best of all time to that point, and it ended up as eight highest-grossing movie of two thousand. Two thousand was a banger year. Quick guess, but yes, it was. And also, yeah, we thought that everything was gonna die. Remember, we thought that all the power was gonna go out forever. It was the third best opening day. Y'all have a guess what the other two were? Uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, you're real close. Lost it's World. The Lost World. Okay. Mm-hmm. Up to uh, that point. Yeah. Up to that point. Uh, let me think. Oh. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, Phantom Menace. Yes, that's it. You got it. Yeah, solid. Nice. I was going to say Space 82% Jam. 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? All right. Okay. You think that's low or you think that's high? I think that is a little high. Uh, yeah, to remember that this was the first big budget superhero movie. And it's, it is, I mean, outside of Batman. It is fair. That's fair. I yeah. think this movie holds up pretty well. I do yeah, too. I, this I do too. Be an interesting I, conversation. Yeah. Also, interesting. I, also, I'm gonna say, <laughs> I don't think I saw this until 2009, 2010, maybe. I've no, seen this movie. Wow. I've seen this movie maybe a hundred times. What t- Not yeah, only same. That, what took you so long? I I didn't see it in theaters, just, but I well, certainly watched it. It just wasn't like on. I didn't see it in theaters. Oh. And it just wasn't on TV. This was one um, of those movies for me that was like always on TNT. Yeah, yeah, uh, for maybe. Sure. I uh, I saw X two in theaters. By the way, not seeing X one and one didn't matter. Perfectly great. Did not have oh, to know bro. a thing. Yeah, um, I can watch the opening to X two over oh, and over I, on repeat ooh, forever. Before we start, I have a question for all mm-hmm. of you because I was thinking about this earlier and I was like, mm-hmm. I should ask them what their favorite X Men are. And oh, I was, I was like, oh, oh wait a second, <laughs> we, 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 we've this already in the first done episode, this. You right? guys yeah. all said Nightcrawler, all said Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. So, and I will not change boring. my answer. Who's your Same. favorite? Who's your second favorite favorite X Men? Gambit. Gambit was my favorite when I was a kid. The time frame mm. we're about to talk about, Gam- Gambit was my favorite. But yeah, I'm curious if I knew about a lot more mutants, if my answer would change because, like, I know the popular ones because sure, of the right. movies and popular media, like video games and stuff. So I don't know if I actually yeah. love Gambit, but I love the idea of Gambit. My second after favorite. Nightcrawler. My second favorite is probably, honestly, probably Jubilee. Just as what a great job she did as the self, uh, not the self insert, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Audience the, surrogate? The audience surrogate in Jubilation the animated series. Okay. That's probably where I'd probably say Jubilee. I, you know, I, I've seen, well, I guess technically have not seen all the X-Men movie, but, but I have seen most of them. Uh, I've not read much X-Men comics and I did not watch the animated series a lot as a kid either. Mm. I watched it enough that the, you know, theme song, is drilled into mm-hmm. my head, but yeah. not enough to like really remember too much about it. Probably, I like Beast. I like, uh, you know, I just the the juxtaposition, you know, especially in as bad as that movie is, the fact that Kelsey Grammer plays Beast in X Three. Yes, I love the it was uh, perfect casting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's the thing is that the juxtaposition of this erudite you know, intelligent scientist who looks like a, a beast. I love that. I mean, if we're talking performances, I mean, with Patrick Stewart as Xavier, you can't yes. go wrong. Um, you know who stands out to me Kitty from Pride the animated too. series for reasons that ha- I do not know? I just picture, when I think of the animated series, I think of this character, Spike. It's because you're thinking of X-Men Evolution. Oh. oh, is that what it is? You're thinking of, yeah. X- so X-Men Evolution, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but I'll talk about it again. Yeah, yeah. do it. It's a show that came out in the early 2000s. I watched every episode, and it was about the X-Men when they were teenagers in high school. 
Professor X was an adult. Yeah. Logan was an adult, but all of the rest of them, Scott, Gene, Storm, everyone, Spike, they were all in high school. Yeah. Actually, Storm wasn't even in there. Storm was also an adult. Storm was the teacher. That tracks. Um, and it was about them being in high school. And they had, the Brotherhood was also at that high school. So you had... Um, you they were like the bad boys Yeah, of you the had school. Quake. Uh, no, it wasn't Quake. What's his name? Pyro was there, Pyro. Right? I don't remember the guy's name. Tremor. I don't know. The, I'm the look Earthquake guy. Uh, it's not Quake, though, because Quake is a is a different character. Yeah, yeah. Quake Quake is an inhuman. Quake right. is Daisy Johnson. There you go. Um, it had Toad. Uh, Toad was part of their group. Um, but yeah, no, really good show and a really good successor to the 90s X-Men animated series. All right, we got Professor X, Wolverine, Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beast, and those were all the adults. Yep. Students were Cyclops, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, yep. Spike, Kitty Rogue, Pride was there, right? Rogue, Kitty Pride, uh, and then a New Mutants, Bobby Drake, the Iceman, Cannonball, Magma, Jubilee, Wolfsbane, Multiple Man, Berserker, and Sunspot. And then the, gets plus two for every uh, card already there. Yeah. And then the the bad guys at the school were Mystique, uh, Avalanche. Avalanche. Yeah, Toad. That's I think who, that's who you were thinking of. Yes, yeah. you were thinking Blob, of Avalanche. Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, end of list. Oh, Scarlet Witch, my favorite X-Men, maybe. <laughs> I forgot that was an option. Yeah, that's true. Do you think... Mm, do you think they'll make her a mutant? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. No. It'll be too complicated to... And they've gone back and forth on it in the comics, too. She is currently not a mutant in oh, the comics. okay. Got it. You, it. Can you, like, re-up every year? Is it, like, taxes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You yeah. check a little box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it turned... Her... She and Quicksilver, their parents have changed, like, three times yes. in the throughout the comics. And most recently, they revealed that Magneto lied because... They wanted to stick it to Fox, so yeah. Hmm. But I don't think they changed that back. Yeah, they've actually turned that into a plot point because um, now that in the comics the X Men, the mutants have their own nation, and it's like, is Wanda or Wanda and Pietro even allowed there? Because they're not really mutants. Oh, yeah, so it's a whole thing. I think we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they've had multiple like mutant nations. Yeah, like, it has happened more than once. But yeah, but now they've really like they are a world power, like a superpower. They've got the UN to recognize them. It's a very interesting status quo for the mutants in the in the comics right now, and I'm curious if we'll ever see that in the movies. And if we do, like, are they just going to jump right to it? Because that would be one way to absolutely differentiate yourselves from the many, many X-Men movies that have come before. Sure. Will you tell me about the Sunspot card? Because I saw it in a zoo deck, and I don't know what it does. Okay, so Sunspot <laughs> is, is a one-mana one. Yeah. And for every unused mana he you, you don't spend, he gets another power. Oh, okay. So every time you don't spend mana, he gets that much power. Interesting. But the deck that I saw has ramp where you... He would never end up gaining power. I guess it depends on what your draw is. It, yeah, well, and the, the deck that's most that plays it the most, although it's played in a few decks, is the Infinite deck, because Infinite says if you don't play a card on turn five, or if you don't play a, a card, if you didn't play oh. a card before you play this, and he's a six power, uh, 
he can be played. He can only be played if you haven't played a card the turn before. Okay, and so, he's worth 20, right? And he's worth 20. So you will skip your turn five, give five power, so your one mana just became a one six. Uh, okay. And then you play your infinite. Okay, that makes sense. So you play a card without playing a card in a way. Yeah, it it, yeah. Lo- it uses your mana so that you don't have to like worry about you know, actively using your curve. Sure. Okay. All right, sorry. We're now... We're get, we're we're veering. Hey, remember when we talked about Marvel Snap last time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, the recommendation worked for me for sure. You did it. You guys did a good job. Well, we appreciate it. We're gonna get Robbie in there too. We'll all get it eventually. I'm certain of it. We open with a voiceover from Sir Patrick Stewart explaining the concept of evolution and mutation. Before we are taken to 1944, is it in Auschwitz? I thought it just said Poland. It's, it's in Poland. Oh, okay. German-occupied okay. Poland. Okay. A young Eric Leshner is separated from his parents. As the gates close, separating them, Eric shows the ability to pull the gate, the metal gates to pieces before he is knocked out by a Nazi guard. In the present day... I want to... Sorry, this is where I want to make my point, my first point. Okay. What do you think people thought when they saw this? Like, people who didn't know, they're just like, oh, this is a comic book movie. I wonder what this is going to be like. And it starts out with the Holocaust. Right. You know, what do you think of people who were not familiar? Now, like Magneto, like these movies were insanely popular, and I think everyone, it's kind of a cultural knowledge that the Magneto from the X Men movies, you know, was a Holocaust survivor. I think a lot of people probably did not know that going in, like your your general audiences. And I'm wondering when you're expecting uh, a comic book kind of movie. When you know the popular comic movies at this time were, right? You know, we're at the Schumacher Batman type movies at this point, and then it starts off with a boy being dragged through the ghetto in Poland, and and it's the literal Holocaust happening. Like, I wonder what people thought. You know, it's funny you bring that up because it had two thought. I had two thoughts about this. Um, you know, I mentioned that it was eight nine years after this movie came out before I saw it. Also, I think this is only the second time I've seen it, and I found myself thinking, "How? <laughs> Sorry." It's just not on. It's so wild to me. That derailed me. Oh, I remember. I'm so sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, I found myself thinking like how I kind of wish I had seen this when it came out because I would have realized that that's what I would have been watching it and then it would have dawned on me. Oh, that's Magneto. And that was for me a comic book nerd. That probably would have been a really cool moment that I kind of didn't get because when I finally did see this movie, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this is going to be Magneto's story i knew about the movie i had seen the sequels um Mm. but then the other thing and i think we've kind of grappled with this a little bit with the sliding timeline but we had mentioned that this was 22 years ago we are getting farther and farther and farther away from being able to have magneto be a reasonable age and also having lived through the holocaust yeah it's um you know they they uh the punisher they've constantly changed which war the punisher lived through i think Mm. it's i think it's the Iraq War now? Yeah, and they've done the same with uh, with Tony Stark. Yeah, I mean, too. You, yes. you, you you say that, but there are neo Nazis in 2022. So. Right, right, but there there is not a Holocaust in 2022. No, that is like true. That, that, the problem is, it's not that you can't still produce bad guys. He it's would that be you literally over 100 years this old. This actual yeah. event um, that's well, very over, important but... to the character. I think people weren't. This X Men movie is both mm-hmm. the most comic book movie mo- movie I've seen. Uh, from this time period, and also absolutely a product of its time. Oh, yes. it's so afraid of being a comic movie Correct. at some yeah. points. And Correct. so I don't think people 
people were going to see an action movie. I don't think people were going at this point to see a comic book movie yet. Yeah. I think, oh, look, it's the X-Men, but also they're mm-hmm. in leather. They're not really yeah. like that, you know? And so they, I'd say compared to a lot of the other X-Men we know, they picked some pretty some pretty tame, powered yeah. X-Men. Like, the things they do are cool. I'm not saying they're not cool. But, like, when you think about the power set of the characters we're introduced to, they're not very complicated powers yes. compared to something some other ones we might sure. see in the Although, future. Although, like, beams weather, two <laughs> psychics. <laughs> Although, part of that is they just... They largely just picked the originals, because um, the original yeah. X Men were Cyclops and Jean Grey, um, but not, I guess not all the originals. Because no Beast is there. Isn't the narrative that they were going to have the main character be Gambit and then they pivoted to Wolverine? I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, hmm. That he was supposed to be the main character of the series, and for some reason it went to Wolverine instead. Well, I thought because Wolverine was like super popular in the comics, right? Yeah. You wanted right, to sell it, your comic, you put Wolverine on the front. Yeah. Uh, right. I thought this Gambit point, was the same way, though. No, no not, not, not no, like no, 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 no. At this point, Wolverine was the face of the X-Men. Wait, maybe that's what it was. Maybe the plan was Gambit, and then some executive was like, no, Wolverine will put more butts in seats. Yeah. I, th- I want to say there were a lot of rumors about Gambit for the third one. One day we'll get that Channing Tatum-led yeah. Gambit movie. One day. Because... Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, X-Men was also like the most popular Marvel comic yes. during the 90s yeah. as well. Yeah, we, by we, far. We should probably set the scene for 2000. Oh, I forgot to do the character No, 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 intro. You're, no you're fine. Um, uh, it, it, it's, we're still in the opening of the movie. So, um, But for those, especially if we have uh, some, some Gen Z or maybe, maybe even younger millennial listeners, um, at this point in history, X-Men was comic books. Yep. Like, it was... Started so the X Men started in 1963 with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, just like every other comic that we have talked about on this podcast. They all started in the same year with the same two people. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it was it was fine. It was it, it literally started. Stan Lee just wanted to create characters that haven't explained their origin stories, which is hilarious. But and so they came up with mutants. I'm out of ideas. Just make them born with <laughs> right, the powers. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's literally it. I, I've run out of animals to bite these people, <laughs> and so. <laughs> that's actually what he said it was something about I can't have a radioactive spider bite everybody or something like that. <laughs> um, Excelsior so that was where it came from but very quickly they realized that they had this great um, uh, sort of Trojan horse for uh, political commentary and so they were a stand in for the civil rights movement later on they became a stand in for the um, for uh, uh, homosexuality being accepted in society eventually yeah that's that's um, kind of where Brian Singer took it look Brian Singer, yes. awful person. We don't want to. Yeah, we don't know. fuck with Brian Singer. <laughs> yeah, but he did bring in like he. I don't know if he was the first to do it, but certainly from his own life and experience, I think what spoke to him about the X Men was, you know, because he he you know he's a gay man and he probably I think saw that struggle, mm-hmm. you know that that the gay community was going through and saw that reflected in the X Men. And it gets even more explicit in later movies, like what when Bobby's mom asks, "Was it X two? Was like, have you tried not being a mutant? Mm-hmm. You know, and stuff like that." So in the mid seventies, Chris Claremont came on to Uncanny X Men, changed around a lot. Um, that was when Wolverine started to become uh, so popular. That's when they meet Beast Blue. They started just doing some changes to the comic that had not been successful at that point. And then by the early '80s, it was the premier. It's it was Marvel's best-selling comic, and by the late '80s, it was the dominant comic book of, of like it was of the all comics. Comic well, book and you could so um, 
X-Men comics were, when I was younger, I didn't mm-hmm. collect a lot of comics. I collected mm-hmm. X-Men comics. Mm-hmm. And you could make an argument that there were not two large comic giants. There were three. It was DC, Marvel, and X-Men. Correct. Even though X-Men yes. is a part yeah. of Marvel, yep. it was like its own, his own, <laughs> his own thing. thing. Well, it was, there were X-Men, and then there were a bajillion X-Men right. spinoffs. Oh, right, yeah. absolutely. X-Men Red, X-Men Blue, X-Men yes. Gold. Well, and then there were Gold. singles. You had your, your mm-hmm. um, what was it? Uh, you had Gambit and Bishop. You had Cable. You had all of oh, these. Yeah, Green yeah, had yeah. his own run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was X-Factor. There was, uh, man, Excalibur. So, yeah, so they, they just, I mean, it exploded. It is hard. I think it's very hard if you weren't there to really understand just how, and it was not a brief moment in time. Like, it was before I was born all the way into when I was in college. Like, X-Men just absolutely dominated the comic scene. Um, and by the late 80s and early 90s, that was the peak of, um, you know, your local comic book store. And there was this, uh, there was what they called the X-Men, um, the X-Men standard. Right, hold, on, hold on, let me see if I can find it real quick. The X-Men, sorry, cut this out, Chris, I'm so sorry. Oh, here we go. Cut this the out, The X-Men peaches. Index. There was actually a system called the X-Men Index that was used by comic book stores they compared every comic book to how much it sold compared to X-Men. So basically, this comic is 70% of X-Men. Just to give you a frame of reference as to how much money you would be losing by giving shelf space to that comic versus huh. X-Men. Um, and so, like, it was, and there was a, there was the animated series, and there was video games, uh, really good video games, too. There was... Uh, X-Men there Legends? Was Let's go. Yes. And so... Ugh. That's way later. I'll but. briefly get into why this kind of changed because it's going to be because of this podcast in a way um, or the topic of this podcast. But like X-Men was the dominant force in comics. Exactly like Eduardo was saying, it was DC, Marvel and X-Men. Um, like, I mean, X-Men basically killed the Avengers in terms of popularity. Uh, Spider-Man remained popular, but uh, X-Men dominated everything. And that was still the scene when this movie came out. It was... The Spider-Man movie was in production when this came out, but there was no doubt that when you make a Marvel movie, it needs to be X-Men. You got to get the X-Men. You got to get the X-Men right. Now, this, of course, 2000 was when Marvel was not doing that well in terms of publications. They were selling off their rights to be able to be produced to be movies. Um, And X-Men being one of those, they sold it to 20th Century Fox. It was the crown jewel of their legendarium. And so it was what really needed to be, you know, the movie. So they sold off those rights. And then the first couple attempts were really good. And then we started having problems with X-Men. And this is exactly where the uh, how the Marvel characters performed in films started to become so important to the popularity and success of the Marvel characters. Because then we're going to get into, you know, not that, not that long after this movie came out, we're going to get into Marvel starting to, you know, creating the Marvel studio to start creating characters, to start creating start creating films for the characters they basically weren't able to sell off as easily like you know the spider-man and the x-men and that's how we got the mcu that's how um and then the mcu just made the avengers so much more popular than they ever were and so we got this weird dichotomy sort of this flip what 12 years ago or so where i mean in in the history of comics very recently oh in the history of comics very recently but we flipped around to where because of the movies because the x-men movies were struggling but the avengers movies were doing so well 
we have flipped recently yeah. in history where yeah, all the of Avengers sudden, are more popular are, than the right. X-Men or the right. Justice League and everyone would have laughed at you 10 years yeah, ago if exactly. you told them that was going to be the Incredible. case. I mean, For there were decades. <laughs> I mean, you you could talk about that with like Superman. Mm-hmm. Back yeah. before Superman, Captain Marvel was the premier mm-hmm. superhero mm-hmm. and people would have laughed at you if you would have said that right. Superman would have been the most popular mm-hmm. superhero right. at the time. And then Superman took over. It just seems like it's the way of things. And then, of course, in the publication sense, they haven't done... X-Men any favors because uh, because they had given up the film rights. Marvel started to force the uh, the Inhumans to, to take over the role that X-Men <laughs> fills and it doesn't, it's not working. Stop trying to make Inhumans a thing. Inhumans isn't going to be a thing. <laughs> uh, and then of course um, wait, it, or I say of course but uh, when was House of M? 2013? Uh, something like that. I don't. I couldn't tell you offhand. I'll but look that up. I keep talking about it. Decade-ish or so. Um, Scarlet Witch wished for there to be no more mutants in the Marvel universe. Uh, remove stripped a bunch of them of their powers. Two thousand five. Uh, no way. Yeah. Okay. Right before Marvel started making their own movies. Oh wow! Because well, I think oh, two thousand six yes. is when Marvel Studios was founded. Yes. Um, so that might be a little bit of a coincidence, but them mm. keeping the mutant status quo down right. for so long. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, so the time frame of this movie that came out 12 years ago was when these were the most popular comic book characters in the world. And it's weird to think about how that's not true anymore when for decades these were the premier characters in comics. And because of the success of the movies that we cover on this podcast, that's not true anymore. Uh, do you guys have any memorable X-Men comics that you have read? I read Joss Whedon's run of Astonishing X-Men, I believe it is. Uh, the story of which uh, is partially used as the basis for X-Men 3. Interesting. Um, but it, it's better. <laughs> it's it's definitely better. Um, there's a recent run a few years ago of X-Men Red. It was after Jean Grey came back to life again. And she puts together a team... Uh, with, I believe Laura Kinney Wolverine is on it, as is her clone, Gabby the Honey Badger, uh, and <laughs> and Namor is on the team, and Nightcrawler is on the team. It's a it's a good lineup, um, and it, it that was that was a pretty good one. Uh, I'd recommend that one. I haven't read that many X Men runs. I I have absolutely read X Men comics. It was mostly when I was a kid, just like mom saying I could get a comic book. And so I, I have some faint, some vague memories, but for me, X Men was the toys and the cartoon and the video games. Um, I read Spider Man comics, and they would appear in Spider Man comics, but I didn't read X Men the comics that much. I was actually very resistant as a child. I was aware of how popular X Men was, and almost, almost didn't like how popular X Men was. Like it bothered me that it was so popular. What a hipster! Yeah, exactly. I, when didn't, I, I didn't read any when I was young. Uh, X-Men were the only comics that I would read. And uh, a buddy of mine got me a comic that I remember to this day. Uh, it was Uncanny X-Men number 304. And it looks... I've got it pulled up here. It's a very 90s looking comic book. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a like a holographic Magneto on the cover. Ooh. And this was a really special issue because... They tell you from the beginning that at the end of the issue, one of the X-Men is going to betray the rest of the X-Men. <gasps> and at the very end, 
you're they're like at, at a funeral magneto is there they're like is like a big standoff where they're all sort of like looking at each other and bishop gets hit in the back and it's none other than colossus striking what? striking bishop why would colossus do that uh he the funeral was for his love and he had sort of like lost oh. all reason for living basically and so he was like the x-men are the problem they're not the solution so he switched sides basically wow i didn't know colossus was ever a bad guy he was never a bad guy he was more of like even when he moved to the other side he was more of their like moral compass instead and so he would try to get them to be on the good side of things, but he was—he does switch to the other yeah. side uh, more than once. So similar to how he's actually portrayed in the Deadpool movies, yeah. Then where he's like, "You can do this," just a, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. He factors in pretty well in uh, in that astonishing X Men run that I read because Kitty Pride is one of the main characters, and they are an item in that storyline. Mm. I feel like Kitty Pride and Colossus are an item. In most runs. Yeah. Except for when she was dating Star-Lord for a while. All right, well. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I think that Colossus was gay? No, Iceman was is it? gay. Colossus was gay in... Wasn't Ultimate Colossus gay? Oh, maybe. I think Ultimate Colossus is gay. I'm The, mo- the X-Men movies have made me think that Iceman is not gay. By the way, I never answered Colossus would be my second favorite X-Men. Oh, good answer. Yeah. That was one I considered. He was one of my mains in X-Men Legends. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right, so now that you've gotten all the history and we've already started the synopsis, let's go back to it. It's so present day, 2000 version of the present day, young Marie de Encanto discovers her, I don't know. <laughs> hey, it's me, de Encanto. <laughs> discovers her ability to absorb people's energy when she kisses her boyfriend, David, and puts him in a deep coma for three weeks. I thought of another good X-Men comic to read. It's called Mr. and Mrs. X. It's a very recent comic. It was after Gambit and Rogue got married. Um, and it's very sexy and very funny. And they have... Same. They have to go on to... <laughs> <laughs> no wonder, no wonder it appeals. Um, but yeah, they go undercover, but it's also they they are newlyweds. But uh, it, but it's it's good stuff. I, I recommend that one as well. In Washington D.C., Doctor Jean Grey speaks to the U.S. Senate about so-called mutants or Homo Superior appearing around the world, and argues they still deserve the same rights as Homo Sapiens. She is interrupted by Senator Robert Kelly, who argues mutants are dangerous and vows to pass the Mutant Registration Act to track them. Interesting, the parallels here yeah. between this and what we will eventually get in, mm-hmm. uh, in Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. Also interesting how completely believable it felt. Like, yeah, yeah okay, this sure. feels like a thing that would yeah. happen. It that is very a, on the nose. I mean, that is that is Lindsey Graham standing right there. Yeah, he, the- he pulls a McCarthy and goes, I have in my hand a list of known mutants. <laughs> Although one of the things I think is interesting about this movie, it, it and I, I want to bring this up again when I other times I think about it, was, you know, you sort of talked about how it isn't like we've come to think of comic book movies. And one is how hyper-stylized some elements were. Like, that was not the Senate chamber. It was some sort of futuristic Senate chamber. And I just thought that was interesting because... I thought it was supposed to be the UN. 
Maybe I'm totally no, off No, no, that part was the Senate chamber. Oh, okay. And That's right. The UN is later. What's very interesting... I am the Senate chamber. If, if Marvel <laughs> Studios makes this movie, they would just... They would make a, a helicarrier. A st- uh, oh, pardon me. They would make a set that was the Senate chamber. Like, it would be supposed to convince you they're in the chamber you know where the Senate, you know, uh, 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 convenes instead of this hyper-stylized room that they made for this comic book movie. I just think that's very interesting. I... Mm, I can't speak for the people, TM, but I don't know that as many people would recognize where the Senate speaks as you think would. I think you and a lot of people in this room would, but I am speaking for the people that wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But does that mean you need to make it all stylized? And it's not necessarily a complaint as much as I don't think that's what would happen today if this movie was made. Yeah. No, you're probably right. After watching the speeches by Gray and Kelly, Professor Charles Xavier leaves and encounters his friend, a now-grown Eric Lesher. Charles asks Eric what he's up to, and Eric points out Charles already knows, since he can read minds. Eric and... (laughs) (laughs) There are a few lines in this movie that made me laugh so hard because of how awful they are. Oh, I have one written down. Very comic book-y. Uh... I wouldn't say bad writing is comic booky. Wait, what are you going to say is a bad line? What do you consider is bad writing? Yeah. Why do you ask questions you already know the answer to? I thought that was good. No. If you dare say Storm's line to Toad, we're going to fight. I think that's we a, can talk no, about that one later. I say I would <laughs> say it's 90 Okay, maybe not 90. Maybe like 60 to 70% of what comes out of Logan's mouth in this movie yes. is bad dialogue. <laughs> also, there's, I mean, we're going to skip ahead here then, but I wrote it down. It was so bad. Jean Grey is telling uh, Magneto later that she saw, or no, Storm is saying to Magneto that he she saw Senator Kelly die. And Magneto gets really close and he goes, are you sure you saw what you saw. Oh, yeah. Yes, like, that, what, one what that? That, that one bothered me. That one bothered me because, like, is... I do not understand what is happening And I thought here. he was He's... about to give some sort of line, I think but that he was is... the end. I that think was... he is insinuating that Professor X, like, got in her... That's what I thought when oh. I read that. I heard See, that would have been that. an interesting angle. I thought it was him just basically doing a your mom joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, well... No. I saw your mother die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus... <laughs> Syrian, Syrian, Syrian action wizard, you shall not pass! <laughs> Eric intends to stop humanity from treating mutants as inferior, but Charles insists on pursuing hope and giving humanity a chance. Let's talk just real briefly. First of all, Xavier and Magneto always they have one of the most interesting relationships in comics, I think, mm-hmm. uh, especially for a hero and a villain. Magneto, one of the first comic book villains that people are like, hey, you know, he's got a point. You know, people. I remember people saying that Thanos was right or Killmonger was right was the first time people said that, like, nah, nah, Magneto was right predates that yeah. so much. But uh, what a flex to get, like, two incredible actors to play these guys. And this is what made them friends, too. Like, this is where they first became yeah. uh, as close as they are. So was this movie. That's yes. cute. It's fantastic. Well, and also, Magneto is... I mean, I, I don't think I'm being too crazy. Magneto's arguably the greatest comic book villain of all time. Mm-hmm. And we have talked in the past about how a lot of times, especially the older comic movies, because they're afraid of being comic book movies, sort of did a disservice to their villains. We have not yet seen Doctor Doom be done adequately on screen. Yeah. 
So it's pretty nice that Magneto was done well from the start. Like, they got a great actor and did a great job of portraying Magneto. And didn't kill him off at the end of the movie. And didn't kill him off at the end of the movie. Incredible. Like. Truly incredible stuff. <laughs> that they didn't kill him. Isn't, in that, isn't that so, that's so yes. different it's compared to... It's wild that that was incredible. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marie, now calling herself Rogue, runs away from home where she meets a man named Logan. Logan survives a cage match fight without a scratch when he attacked when he's attacked for being a mutant he further shows off razor sharp retractable claws before he is kicked out of town this is another change from the comics where at the time in the comics he had this like there were these like things on the top of his mm-hmm. fists where his claws would come in and out mm-hmm. of, whereas here they would literally come out of his knuckles, like the, mm-hmm. from between his knuckles, and they would yep. slice him open every time he yes. did that. I do think that's an interesting take. I, I, I think it works really well. But did he always have metal claws in the comics? Okay, that has been retconned multiple times. Yeah, it okay. has been the the metal claws were there when he got the medical skeleton, and it has been he has bone claws. That's one of his mutant powers, and we put metal on top of the bone claws. Oh, okay. Depending on the writer, it'll change. <laughs> he was in a he was in a cage match. He should have called himself Bone Claw. <laughs> <laughs> he was in an acapella group, Bone Claws in Harmony. <laughs> oh my god! Rogue stows away with Logan, who, despite his gruff demeanor, takes care of her and notices his dog tag labeled Wolverine. Cool guy. Everyone's favorite. Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine. I'm going to run at him. I'm going to run does. at Magneto. I was wondering how soon it would take us to bring this up. I'm surprised it didn't come up when we mentioned Gambit earlier. Yeah, to be honest. Oh, it'll come up again. What about Gambit? <laughs> I don't want to get into this. <laughs> the two are attacked by another beast-like mutant named Sabretooth. But before they can be killed, another pair of mutants intervene. A man with the ability to shoot lasers from his eyes and a woman with the ability to control the weather. What do you think Cyclops' powers are? He shoots lasers from his eye. I, I know the answer. Should I, not, his, should his I abstain? His eyes are a portal to the punch dimension. <laughs> I'm yes. not making that he up. He fires concussive blasts from his eyes. Which are a portal to the punch dimension. Yeah. So yeah, so he his eyes are portals to another dimension where energy can flow freely, and so when he opens his eyes, that energy flows freely and comes out. That's actually the yeah, yes, yes no, that is one hundred percent what his powers are. That's why he has to wear the, those visors and sunglasses are made of ruby quartz that are the only thing that can actually block that energy. The punch dimension can't get through ruby quartz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So really, his beam is just an extended punch. Yes, it is. That's why you'll get people will get mad if you say that like he shoots laser beams or if his beams set anything on fire because that's not his power. It's a punch. So at the He's point, not some taser face. So at the yeah. <laughs> at the point of the movie where Toad has uh, all over Jean Grey's face and his has hardened on her face. And it's he is steam. like, hold still, and he lasers her in the face. He's really like punching her in the mouth. Yes, but just a very controlled punch. Okay. <laughs> I play bass for controlled punch. <laughs> Sabretooth is subdued, and the woman flies the other three to safety. 
Sabretooth returns to the island hideout of Eric Leshner and is criticized by Eric and his henchman Toad for returning empty-handed, indicating he was there to abduct a mutant. Toad played by Darth Maul himself. Yeah. Ray Park. Don't they can don't they kind of like hint at that in a scene? Do they? There's a scene when they're fighting um right before the Statue of Liberty scene where he he throws somebody out of a window or he he kicks somebody or whatever and he takes a metal rod from out of an elevator and he like spins it around and he oh. like poses at the camera. I As if he is Darth Maul wielding the dual bladed saber. That. Yeah, I'm gonna you say find peanut that. butter. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. No, I I think of that I saw it where they took that song and they translated the lyrics so it's going corn on the cob. Corn on the kebab. <laughs> the kebab? Yes. Wolverine awakens in a lab where he is being treated by Jean Grey. He incapacitates her and breaks out of the lab where he finds himself in a giant mansion full of children taking classes while Professor Xavier speaks in his head the entire time. Wolverine finally meets the professor who is teaching a class and introduces Wolverine to Scott Cyclops Summers, the mutant who can shoot lasers and Jean's boyfriend, and Aurora Storm Monroe, the one who controls the weather. I, that's one problem I have with this movie, I, I think, as far as the cheesiness goes, is Professor X is supposed to be this, like, level-headed, trying to help his students, and when Wolverine is, like, lost in the X-Mansion and he's running around... Professor X is like fucking with him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's great. He's like, come over here. Just kidding, motherfucker. Don't go over there. Like, he just like has three different versions of his voice playing in Logan's head at the same time until he pushes through a wall that happens to be the door to the professor's office. But the whole time he's just trolling him. Is he like testing him or something? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Logan's like, Cyclops, Storm. What do they call you, wheels? wheels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How rude. That's a good lie. There was another moment in this scene where I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking that, okay, the X-Men animated series, and Chris, you might be able to answer me this, but the X-Men animated series used Jubilee yeah. basically the way Kitty Pride is used in the comics, which is, so Kitty Pride, when she, she became ultra popular and was largely used as like again the surrogate for the audiences if you know what it would be like if you were an x-men um kind of in a lot of ways the way that uh, kamala khan is used with the avengers as well yeah because because bendis was a big fan i think in particular yes. of kitty pride and so, so but they used uh jubilee as that character in the animated series well then they're using rogue as that character in this movie and i think it's very interesting to turn rogue into you know, the, the the child instead of an also a veteran X-Men. And then I'm watching him like, oh, they must not have been able to use Kitty Pride. And then in this scene. Yes. In this scene. Okay. <laughs> bye, a, Kitty. Bye, Kitty. Like, well, okay, so you can have Kitty Pride? I was going to say, they, I, I, one of my notes is they Easter egged a lot of characters. They ended up recasting and bringing back later. Kitty Pride being one, Jubilee being another one. Pyro. Mm-hmm. Pyro. Mm-hmm. Wait. Ju- oh, okay. Jubilee. No. You see someone in a yellow jacket. The person is credited as Jubilee in the credits. Now, I do uh, okay. think that what they did with this franchise where they, you know, sort of introduced a few new mutants in every movie, I think that was a great approach. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just got derailed by the third one being terrible. But I'm sure uh, they didn't know what the success was going to be, so they don't want to introduce too many. Yeah. 
But I, I wondered if they were like saving Kitty Pride for something else, like she'll get her own movie or something like that. But was Kitty maybe not super popular in two thousand? Mm. Was this does this maybe predate her becoming like one of the? Oh, main... it is definitely post her because okay. she was popular by the eighties. Oh, okay, okay. She had her mm. own comic run in the eighties. Oh, okay. Yes. Pride of the X Men. What yeah, is her it. full? It's a comic about lines. Man, I'm I'm going off the rails again. What is no, her that's fine. her full power set? Because she can walk through walls. She can walk through walls, but doesn't she also at some point have a pet dragon? Yes, and she but does that's not, that's a, not power. a power. That's just she a just pet. has. That's just, I, that's just a cool I, guy. I don't know. You have a cr- I just called you the Z word while we were all talking. Edit that out, Peaches. Uh, I don't know what that means. Is your for power, power that you set? have a dog? No, but I'm not a mutant, and dragons aren't real. Like, I don't know if she has, like, a power to communicate with dragons or something. I don't... Because she has that... Uh, she does weird shit in Days of Future Past. What does she do in Days of Future she's, Past? She's the one who sends Wolverine back in time. Right. Why Why can she do that? That's why I'm asking. Oh, that's right. I don't remember how... I Maybe remember... She's like, jerks. There's an explanation yeah, because she jerks. does it in the comics, too, right? Yeah. I remember watching that in a movie and going, I don't understand this, and then I didn't care anymore. And in the she next says scene. a lot of weird things, so I was curious if like there was more to her. Maybe. So, I will say, she's not in this movie. Cyclops time on her. currently, his eyes are portals to another dimension that shoots <laughs> out beams. Yeah. When Cyclops was originally created, there were lasers coming out of his eyes. It was not portals <laughs> oh. to another dimension. Later on, they were like, oh. His eyes, they're actually portals to another dimension. My guess is Kitty Pride started off, she can go through walls. Yeah. And later on, they're like, actually, what she's really doing is manipulating space-time, yes. blah, blah, mm. blah. And so we then end up in a, ro- a world oh, where she okay. can send someone back in time. Uh, and I that's that's kind of what they did sense. with uh, Nightcrawler, too, because yes. yep. he just teleported. And then it was like, oh, by the way, when he's not there, he's in hell. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Didn't they explain that in one of the movies? I think they well, I do. Think, I think they do. Yeah, yeah. He like uh, goes. He goes somewhere else, and then he pops back into, you know, wherever, and he has to be able to see where he's going. I'm trying to see if there's a, a good explanation for why she can send people back in time, through their brains. And I, she's only done this once before. My brain, yeah. <laughs> safety not guaranteed. Must bring own dragon. Yeah, nobody knows. Sad, but thank you for reminding me that we will have to watch X Men three. But at least there's days of future past on the other side. No, there's not. I mean, eventually on the other side. Yes, yes. We'll also we have will to get watch there. We will then uh, after X Men Origins is X Men Origins, <laughs> and it will be two. Those will be two different weeks of hell. <laughs> yeah, we get X Men Origins, and we get. Is it the Wolverine after that? The Wolverine is after that, which is one I have not watched actually. Same. Same. Not bad. I've heard it's not bad. I not mean, bad. And they brought James Mangold back for Logan, which another one I've not watched, but one that everyone loves. Incredible. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Speaking of James Mangold, did you see we got our first pictures of Indiana Jones 5 today? Oh, really? Not. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I think, Empire Magazine. It's the cover story. Okay. They're still only just calling it Indiana Jones 5, though. They're not telling us what it's actually called. Kingdom of the Crystal you know, if, That was a big if, diversion. If Empire Magazine leaked those pictures because they were upset about something that the Indiana Jones crew had done to them first, it would be Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> Got them. So this Xavier explains- end with Indiana Jones being frozen in carbonate. <laughs> Xavier explains Wolverine has been brought to a school for mutants. Young mutants who run away from home or are cast out are taken in by Xavier for education and protection. What I want to know is where Charles is getting all this dough. Because how is he building all of this? Uh, 
Then they have rich parents. I thought so. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Th- is I it that easy? That's it, usually it, the answer. Is he not using his mind reading abilities to like get lotto Win numbers the lottery or something? Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you could just do that one time and you're set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some like Cyclops and Storm grow up and are trained to be a team called the X-Men. What the children have affectionately called X-Men. What the children have called X-Men. Also, we put X's in all of our gear and there are X's literally everywhere. But no, it was the children that did it. It wasn't me, I swear. I just leaned into it. I was like, these kids... They're onto something. <laughs> the X-Men are there to protect mutants from humans as well as vice versa. Charles goes on to talk about Leshner, who goes by Magneto, his leadership of the Brotherhood of What's Mutants. What's a Magneto? <laughs> Nothing. What's a Magneto with you? <laughs> I wanted to make that joke. Uh, uh, it, like, I think we both did. Come on. And his I made desire it in the group chat. to help mutants conquer humanity. Rude. Uh, look, man. How rude. Uh, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Uh. You snooze, you lose. If we're not first, you're last. Rookie Bobby. Professor X says he knows Wolverine does not know who he is or where he comes from and asks him to stay with the school and the X-Men until he can find out. Rogue has has also been taken in by the school where she is attending classes and has become infatuated with a young student named Bobby Drake who has the ability to create ice. I want to point out real quick that I think the uh, effects in this movie age just fine except for this one. Bobby Drake's little ice mist and then then the fireball that he freezes like those looked like an old video game and the rest of this movie looks fine but that fireball I rewound to keep looking at how bad that fireball was I would say there were a few other scenes that I can think of I don't think it looked that, that bad didn't look great you're wrong it was bad there was one there's one very specific scene where I watch it and I go that's not how that works that's not how physics works what talking scene? about when he's like through the the bars of the prison? No. Or, no. Is it when he wraps yes. around on the Statue of yes. Liberty? Yes. Uh, yeah, that. Yes. Where he uses his claws to do a 360 oh, on yeah. the Statue <laughs> of Liberty's crown. Because here went, I am. And that's right not how physics works. Right before that, the shot of him fly, of being thrown by Sabretooth does not look like a man being thrown. It looks like a man being carried through the air by a harness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, there are just a few things like that that I think are... I did catch weird. there's one shot of Toad where they forgot to erase the harness. And I, I took a picture. I sent it to the group here. Are you sure he but, wasn't holding himself up by his tongue? Was his tongue coming out <laughs> of like the small of his back? Yeah, he wrapped it around a pole and it was holding his back up. Maybe. Maybe. that. This is a dumb explanation. That's a good explanation. No, I'm rolling with it. Yeah. It's my cannon. Mike Gross. Xavier also shows off Cerebro, a massive computer he can use to locate mutants around the world. Jean Grey, who possesses telepathic and telekinetic abilities like Charles, indicates she is not powerful enough to use it. That's, that's how you know she's going to use that's, it yet. That's foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, do they make fun of the name Cerebro in this movie? I don't know what's I, I, a cerebro with you. <laughs> there you go. You got it. You got there, man. Because it feels like the kind of thing that they would do. And I'm It's funny because I don't think they do, but they, it feels like they make fun of literally every other yeah, name, but like, cerebro's cool. Yeah. I'm more of a I'm more of a silly bro than a serial bro myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Golly. Cerebro, more like Alexa bro. That wow. Uh are you uh never mind. I got nothing. 
Nothing. What's a cerebro with you? There it Got is. Got him. <laughs> cerebro, barely no bro. I hate this. <laughs> I would like to die. <laughs> Put a bullet in my head. <laughs> Gene's analysis of Wolverine reveals he has the ability to heal rapidly from injury, which also means they don't know how old he is. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We don't need more Wolverine. Correct. I think we're fine with him in a Deadpool movie coming yes. back as Hugh Jackman as like a fun thing. And whatever new X-Men thing we do, we don't need Wolverine. I think his story has been told numerous times he has gotten the spotlight numerous times i don't think we need there are so many interesting x-men that it would be a shame to just be like let's do another wolverine story i agree with you with the asterisk that one day i hope there is at least one episode of ms marvel where kamala khan teams up with wolverine to fight a giant mutant alligator in the sewer sure also i want to see wolverine versus hulk yes i was gonna say that, that I, yeah, and I think part of the reason for that is so many of these characters, like you know, when we talk about the Fantastic Four, um, or some some elements of Spider Man, like we talk about, we want to see these characters because like, eh, we uh, didn't we didn't do it well, so, we didn't do it so well, so let's try again. With Wolverine, we did just <laughs> fine. We basically knocked Wolverine out of the park, so we don't need to do Wolverine again. I we got it right. I agree. Yeah, the it there's interesting stories that could have been done with Wolverine in the MCU if they'd had him sooner. Mm -hmm. Like an actual Wolverine versus the Incredible Hulk. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this is a more recent retcon, but Weapon X has been retconned so that the X is a 10, Mm -hmm. and Weapon 1 was Captain America. Interesting. And Weapon X was just an evolution of the Super Soldier program. Uh, Logan and Peter Parker play off of each other really well. That's something I would kind of like to see, but it's not necessary. Well, and we might see that because Insomniac is coming out with a Wolverine game, and yeah. if Spider-Man makes an appearance there. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We almost got that in Spider-Man. There was going to be... They discussed yes, a Hugh Jackman about cameo. That. I forgot about that. Yep. It was either Spider-Man or Spider-Man 2. I think it was Spider-Man 2. The Raimi yes. movie? Yep. Yeah. Ah. Yep. Waka waka. Also, we can talk for just a brief second about how Hugh Jackman does not actually look like comics Wolverine. No, oh, yeah, he's too tall. He's too tall. He's too skinny. Yeah. He doesn't have enough hair. Uh, uh, Wolverine in the comics should be a short, very like wide, stocky, mm-hmm. uh, like brutish. Mm-hmm. Harry man. There's a joke <laughs> that Danny DeVito would actually be the perfect Wolverine. Danny DeVito would be a great Wolverine. He honestly would. <laughs> I uh, hope he gets it, but I hope he plays it like Frank from Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I started slashing. <laughs> <laughs> would you like some metal claws to get you through this trying time? <laughs> uh, yeah. I know people love Wolverine, but also he had his time. Mm-hmm. Let's let's yes. show some other stuff. Basically, what I'm saying is, let's do what Peach said at the beginning of this. Let's do this new X Men, but from the perspective of Gambit. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Gambit's my favorite X Men. I've said this before, but I just think he's cool. I don't know. I like what's the cards. with this uh, half half fingered, half fingerless thing. Pick one or the other. <laughs> what is cats coming back to Broadway? Do you not remember the '90s? That's how we wore our gloves. <laughs> What are you going to do, Eduardo, if we're fighting Sentinels and we're not in the paper plate aisle of a Target? 
<laughs> what do you have in your pockets right now? I've got some some change. Oh, so you'll throw the change. I had a euro for lunch. You know, I could throw that. <laughs> you throw oh, the, you're going to throw the euro? Yeah, you could throw the euro. It's just, but it's hard because the meat's kind of floppy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> We've referenced this Fucking before, easy post credits. Please go watch <laughs> Pete Holmes' X-Men series. <laughs> that one and the Batman one. Xavier ones. fires the X-Men. They're all great. He has a Street Fighter one, too. He does. He's like, all the Street Fighter characters are like, trying to sign up for the tournament and he's like yeah that's way too dangerous like like vega comes into his office and he's like you're gonna bring knives to the street fighting competition (laughs) and vega's like super flamboyant and it's he's played by um thomas middleditch i think um it's really funny you should watch that one too at some point in the past, his entire skeleton was replaced with the strongest metal in the world Adamantium, mm-hmm. not vibranium. When we get the X Men in the MCU, are we going to introduce adamantium, or are they oh, just yeah. going to have vibranium? Okay, I, 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 they got to inter- introduce adamantium. All right, which one's going to be stronger? Well, that's what's going to be fun. Is put well, there's going to be a metal rivalry in the MCU? <laughs> that's so thrilling. Well, <laughs> I think my guess is adamantium will be the stronger metal. But there will be more use cases for vibranium because yeah. vibranium is not just used right. as like a What is it in the weapon. comics? Which one's stronger in the comics? I think it's adamantium. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, vibranium has like... It's it, probably better for a shield, I think, because it's lighter, but its properties work for like what Captain America uses his shield for. Right. Mm. My You'd abs- probably rather have a vibranium shield... And an adamantium sword. Right. My memory of the comics is adamantium is stronger, but vibranium absorbs vibrations. Yeah. Well, vibranium. Yes. Exactly. Vibratium. But they've used it as a stand-in in the MCU for how they would have used adamantium if they had access to it. Yeah, because wasn't Ultron made of adamantium yes. in the comics? Yep. Yeah. Wait, was there some sort of like... Were we not allowed to use adamantium? Yeah, because it's, it's X-Men. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is specific to It is to an X-Men? element from the X-Men yep. comics, and therefore it was controlled by Fox. Interesting. Yeah. But remind me how we can use Scarlet Witch. What a strange Because she was thing. an Avenger. Okay. Um, be- Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver are just as, if not more, associated with the Avengers as they are with the X-Men. Okay. So they were able to be... Um, they were a, a shared one. Okay. It's, it's like how... Everyone assumed that Disney Marvel could not use the scrolls because of uh, the Fantastic Four. Right. But they could use the scrolls. They were just specific scrolls they could not use. Got it. So probably not like, like super, super scroll. scroll. Right. Yeah. Uh, same thing with uh, the Watcher. I don't think they could use Uatu uh, until recently. Is it weird that scroll is a race? And one of the characters is called Super Scroll. Is like, it weird that like man Superman? is a race and one of them yeah. is a character called Superman? Yeah. Uh, what if I was a superhero and I was called Super White? I mean, is it'd it be weird true. that Superman is not a man? Is he a Muppet? He's Am a I a Muppet? <laughs> uh, the Adamantium is also the source of his retractable claws on each hand. The X-Men assume Magneto was attempting to abduct Wolverine, but Xavier isn't so sure. 
On a helicopter trip, Scott Kelly's aide is revealed to be a mutant named Mystique with the Scott ability Kelly, to... Scott Kelly, my bad. <laughs> it's Robert Kelly. It's Robert Kelly, bad. not Scott Kelly. With the ability to transform into other what? people who subdues and abducts him. Kelly is brought to Magneto's hideout where Magneto exposes him to a device powered by his own magnetic abilities that can turn homo, homo sapiens into... <laughs> It's a homo superior. He turns his homies. <laughs> uh, I, when I was, I watched this movie when it came out. I was nine. Uh, oh god! <laughs> I was very confused by Mystique. I I did not oh, know. Actually, or? Yes, I did <laughs> not know how to feel. I was like, she is blue. She's got these weird things all over, but she's doing things. But she's for like me. naked. <laughs> she's married to Uncle Jesse. Uh, at the time, you know, Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she's married to John Stamos at the time. Yeah. I didn't know who that yep. was. Yeah. Yep. Um, I want to talk about Senator Kelly for a moment. He is... You're going to just harsh my mellow right after we're talking about naked mystique. Sorry. Yeah. Like, let's talk about talk this about old about white naked man. Senator Kelly. <laughs> no. <laughs> but he comes out of, the, out of the water like Jason at the end of Friday the 13th. <laughs> comes up like, <laughs> like like a dolphin <laughs> okay but he's like all right so his character and, and he's from the comics is kind of your run-of-the-mill super prejudice guy and he seems That's to like superhero there super it is prejudice guy. Yeah. i believe he was strom thurmond i believe he they used strom thurmond ah uh, that makes sense so, but he's a guy who seems to like sincerely believe mutants are a danger and everything. Do you think, and this is a thought I had, do you think like a modern take on Senator Kelly, he would be a mutant and he would just be cravenly political and be like, I can score some points by being anti-mutant? So you're asking if he would leave Lindsey Graham? Lindsey Graham, Herschel Walker, you know, mm-hmm. any, you know, I'm thinking more someone who's actually part of a minority group, but still it's like, quite, yeah, yeah, you I know, see what you're saying. Yeah. I think he would. You you okay over there? <laughs> We're not. No mic stands for anyone. <laughs> Wait, did that just break? Yes. Yes, it did. The yes, it did. Snapped. Yeah, that's what happened with the uh, one Chris is using. Uh, uh, All right, better upgrade next time. <laughs> yes, Soundlord, I agree. Please join our Patreon. <laughs> we need more mic stands. <laughs> Most of the money you've sent us has gone towards mic stands. <laughs> And blackjack and hookers. I was laughing so hard I broke a mic stand because the show got so awkward. <laughs> the senator becomes a mutant and is put into a cell where he discovers his new abilities allow him to stretch and squish. <laughs> squish. Technically, in Marvel Comics, if something happens to you to give you powers, you're a mutate and not a mutant. Would you say that his power is to squish into water, or do you think his body opens a portal to another dimension? <laughs> to the water dimension? <laughs> to the water dimension. <laughs> I think it's just bad graphics. I think he's supposed to be turning into a jellyfish. Oh, you think? Yes. Uh, I think that is why the kid, the kid is with messing the with the yeah. jellyfish in the beginning. When he comes out of the water, he has gills, and then the gills close up, uh, even though jellyfish don't have gills. More but... like Senator Jelly, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> jelly Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Super Jelly Kelly. He escapes through the bars. Super Jelly Delicious. Kelly. Let's take a <laughs> 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 
What the hell is going on? He escapes through the bars. Dude, it's of all his these. It's cell. all these cookies we're no, eating. No, no, I'm talking right now. Mind. And from the grasp of Sabretooth, and falls into the ocean below. It's been 84 years. <laughs> In the daylight, Kelly walks out onto the beach, having absorbed massive amounts of seawater into his bloated skin, terrifying the residents. At the school, Rogue hears Wolverine experiencing a nightmare and goes to wake him up. In self-defense, he wakes up and fatally stabs her. <laughs> Damn. Bye. Why is that funny? <laughs> the matter-of-fact way that Robbie writes the notes is why it's funny. As he cries for help, Rogue steals his powers, allowing her to heal from the wound. The next day, Bobby tells Rogue the whole school is afraid of her powers and Professor Xavier is angry, so Rogue once runs away. The X-Men realize Rogue is missing when Senator Kelly arrives and asks for help. Gene experiments on Kelly and determines his cells are breaking down as part of the process. Kelly begins to express remorse now that he realizes what mutants go through. Too late, bro. I mean, that is kind of typical of a certain breed of politician. For sure. To be like, oh, wait, you mean these things that happen to you are bad? Oh, they could I never af- knew. They could affect me? What is empathy? I didn't think wolves would eat my face. <laughs> Professor X reads Kelly's mind and finds out about Magneto's machine. Xavier uses Cerebro to find Rogue in a train station. The X-Men leave to find her. And while they do, Bobby, revealed to be Mystique, <gasps> sneaks into Cerebro and inserts a green chemical into its tubing. Why there are chemicals like that being used for Cerebro, I don't know. And but- at no point does Professor X interact with chemicals. He just puts on a helmet. Yeah, like no. It's because <laughs> it's, it's actually all coolant. His head gets so hot while he's <laughs> doing all of this that he puts the thing on and it's just really cold. Oh, it's a liquid-cooled PC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a liquid-cooling okay. helmet. Uh, okay. And she put it in the liquid, the chambers. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Speaking of things that would be different now, somewhere around here, Wolverine's being really sleazy towards Jean Grey. And like it's to a level that it's not that it's not convincing, but it's like really uncomfortable, and it makes me hate yeah. Him. And I realized that 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 wouldn't play now. That's the only part of the movie I really don't like. Is like I'm not I'm never a fan when there's like like relationship shenanigans going on in movies, and like yeah, it's probably in Logan's character to kind of be a dick also, and and we all know that Cyclops is also a dick, but like they're in a relationship, dude. Stop stop throwing yourself at her so hard. But then it works. Like, Jean Grey is, like, at the end of this movie, emotional and, like, oh, I don't understand. Yeah. That's why the comics are better. They're a thruple now. And there's... uh, uh, That's true. You did say that before. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand either, though. Like, we know Cyclops is a dick just because we know Cyclops is a dick. He doesn't really do anything that dickish in this movie. Like, he saves Wolverine's life. He tries to lead the team. He stops him from hitting on his girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. I don't like that part. Oh, we also glossed over uh, when when Senator Kelly walks out on the beach. Is that the first Stan Lee cameo? Uh, the first big screen one. He started doing cameos in the TV movies for The Incredible Hulk. Ah. I believe the, he was on the jury in the TV movie The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, which was also Matt Murdock's live action debut. I didn't even remember him having a cameo, and I, yeah. I got really excited seeing that. 
At the train station, Storm and Cyclops are attacked by Sabretooth and Toad, but are able to get away. In the meantime, Wolverine finds Rogue on a train and convinces her Bobby was lying, neither of them knowing it was actually Mystique and to come home. Before they can, however, Magneto tears the train apart and comes for them. I love that he's like, does that metal run through your entire body? Like, I'm going to run at him. (laughs) Wolverine runs at Magneto. (laughs) I've been waiting the whole episode for this moment. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) But is easily subdued by the master of magnetism due to Logan's metal skeleton. Magneto then reveals he wasn't after Wolverine and his healing factor at all, but instead wanted Rogue. He tosses Logan aside, drugs Rogue, and carries her away. Outside the train station, the police attempt to stop Magneto, but he easily turns their own guns on them. Which I still think WandaVision referenced this scene. I still think that when she comes out of the... I brought this up on the WandaVision episode back then, but when she comes out of the hex, she turns their guns around. Um, yeah, and like, like father, like and daughter. And it's like, leave me alone. I'm like, I think, I remember this thinking at the time, I don't think they're going to like do a big retcon where MCU Magneto is really her father, but I do think it was a nice nod to uh, a parallel of, you know, we know in the comics that oh. Magneto was her father, so what's a famous Magneto movie moment, moment we can reference? Also, I thought I this scene know, was what's great. What's a famous Magneto movie reference, <laughs> yes. moment reference with you? <laughs> like, I think this is the peak moment of the movie is the two Wag-a-dish, of them confronting Mag-a-dish. each other. Over, yeah, using their powers. The, way, the way yeah. X mm-hmm. like, speaks through Sabretooth yeah, is a, really it's, cool. It is a great like, When way. you realize what's happening. Yep. And, yeah, I, I, love, I love a hero and, uh, and an antagonist to have a philosophical d- disagreement. Yes. I, I think that is one of the more interesting ways you can do a uh, do you, you know a hero you, villain pairing. Do you think it's weird though the guy that Magneto fires the bullet at while the bullet is just hovering midair spinning that he just leaves his head there? <laughs> <laughs> he, he leaves his head in that spot and he's <laughs> He could have ducked. He doesn't just like. No one's controlling him. He's controlling the gun. (laughs) Why wouldn't he just move his head at that point? I didn't even thought about that. And the noise that he's making is like. (laughs) But the bull, after it falls, it hasn't made any penetration into his skull. It's just like spinning. It's probably. I mean, it's probably really hot on his head. Do you think he would have like bounced back from the heat anyway? (laughs) He just. Let's not think too hard about it. You just ruined that scene. <laughs> Before he can fire, Sabretooth and Toad turn on. <laughs> what do they turn on? They turn on Magneto. <laughs> Magneto and Magneto was in the towering it off and back on. <laughs> Were you watching a different X-Men? Robbie's- it was XXX-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give away my recommendation. <laughs> Uh, who realize that they are under control of Charles. It's revealed that Charles can't read Magneto's mind through his specially designed helmet. Look, look with your specially designed helmet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Through Sabretooth, Charles pleads with Eric to stop, but Eric insists Charles is not seeing how dangerous humanity can be and that even if Senator Kelly is dead, the Mutant Registration Act can still pass. Magneto threatens to kill the cops if Xavier doesn't let him go. Charles relents, and Magneto, Mystique, Toad, and Sabretooth escape with Rogue. 
At the X-Mansion, the team realizes Magneto's machine nearly killed him, so he wants to give his powers to Rogue so she can, be po- so she can power the machine and die instead. <laughs> Senator Kelly asks Storm how she feels about humans, and she tells him they scare her. He tells her she has one less person to be afraid of, then turns into a puddle of water and dies. Xavier attempts to use order. Cerebro to find Rogue, <laughs> but the poison placed there by Mystique puts him in a coma. Oh, the poison. The poison placed by Mystique. <laughs> Mystique's poison. Jean Grey <laughs> removes the poison, and through the stra- and though the strain is too much for her, she locates the Brotherhood of Mutants and Rogue at the Statue of Liberty, where all the best superhero fights happen. Yeah. A meeting of leaders from UN members is happening at Ellis Island. Magneto has installed his machine in the torch of the Statue of Liberty. How? How did the machine get there? (laughs) (laughs) On a boat. Okay. They're on the boat. They're bringing it over. He metal powered it too. And then how did he get it inside so that it could open up like some sort of like metal power toy? He he, He used his metal powers to put it into the smallest pieces and then used his mind to put it back together like a Lego set. What he did, Robbie, was he had a security guard eat a bunch of iron and then the (laughs) security guard was inside the torch and then he pulled all of the metal out of the security guard. This is, is this Maria full of grace? That's a really weird reference. <laughs> uh, Magneto has installed his machine in the torch of the Statue of Liberty and will be using it to turn the UN leaders into mutants so mutants can run the world. Look, I'm, not, the world? I'm not saying this plot has been used before, but uh, Amazing Spider-Man, this is basically the same thing, except instead of turning <laughs> New York into mutants, we're turning New York into lizards. I did. Did... Uh... <laughs> Did Amazing Spider-Man do a, I made this? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> also, while I enjoy this movie, I find I find the plot boring. I find the evil the evil master plan boring. Yeah. Like, it's, the oh, characters, it's almost too cartoonish for Magneto. The characters are interesting, so I still find myself enjoying the movie, but not because I find Magneto's like plan compelling. His plan is kind of strange if you think about, like, here's two problems I immediately see. What if Rogue just like doesn't put her hands on the thing? That's he, the, he, the makes thing he makes her. He makes her. Like it's like a, they like become magnetically attracted to it. He makes her hands. Her hands are metal. So Magneto's powers are not that he controls metal, even though that is like it's that he he can create magnetism. Oh, he can make things attracted to metal and make metal attracted to things. Mm. And so he. My other point, though. Okay, so I got you now. But my other point is, what if Rogue just like kept holding on to him? Just fully killed him. I don't think she could hold on to him, right? Because her hands are, as we just established, connected to the thing. It was he touched her, right? Yeah. All right. Touch my hand real quick. <laughs> now she, I'm holding but she, you. No, but she's because she can't. He, he has her hands like yeah. connected. If I, her if hands I are magnets. Tape your hands to connected. the couch and then touch your hand. You couldn't do that. Yeah, he's got her on Try big. It. Take metal, me to uh, the couch. He's got her on big Look. metal handcuffs. <laughs> weigh her hands down. Don't tape him to the couch. I wasn't don't planning on it. That. Don't tape me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we want to tape me to the couch? Don't don't kink shame him. Yeah, but let's just move f- on. What the fuck? <laughs> A meeting of leaders from UN <laughs> members is happening at Ellis Island. Members. Magneto has installed his machine in the torch of the Statue of Liberty. I've read all of this. Gene, Cyclops, <laughs> Storm, and Wolverine take a jet to the statue to stop the Brotherhood. <laughs> Wolverine. Oh, this Wolverine. Is, this is where we get our yellow spandex line. Oh. Which uh, yep. I'm so glad that we have 
mostly move past that yes. attitude of we can't look yes. at like, the comics. Even uh, even um, Last Stand, they at least kind of wore the old X Men costumes. Mm-hmm. We still have never gotten Wolverine in the yellow spandex. I bet we do in Deadpool three. Oh, absolutely, 100%. you know that's like this is our last chance to dress Hugh Jackman up like this. Let's do it. Absolutely, hundred you know? percent. But but yeah, I'm I'm glad that we are kind of for the most part past making fun of things from the comics and just kind of rolling with it. It still happens, I but they'll still at least I, do it. I am <laughs> happy that we don't make fun of things in the comics anymore. I found myself by the end of this movie going, what if we got more stuff like this? Like, what if we got more weird yeah. interpretations of the comics? Like, what if we got more less comic booky and more like, I don't know, maybe I'm like reached the other side of this that we have had so many comic book accurate movies so far that I'm like what if we got a real world superhero movie again like one where it was just <laughs> like hey we're in the world this is what it would look like if a superhero like this was in the real world and it was like less comic that's book-y. what the boys is for <sighs> maybe but I just I don't know I you thought the it boys, was you have the Batman you got the Batman I don't think I think it sort of counts but it also it doesn't count because that world isn't a real world it's this weird version mm-hmm. of Gotham that is you know, it's not dark Chicago. You know, it's it's just different. It's something different, and I think the MCU it's not doing all of the same things because obviously, you know, we've got we've had a lot of movies that have done a lot of different things, but they've all gone in a very similar direction of being very comic accurate, a lot of comic accurate costumes, very large, fantastical type things. It would be kind of cool to just see a more like low to the ground type film. Not that this movie is necessarily low to the ground. See this one; it just more strikes me as embarrassed about. That's what being I was going to say. Book. What you're saying is absolutely something I'm interested in, but this movie to me is more like it is embarrassed to, like he just said, no. to come from. Also, I feel like this movie was at times afraid to have fun. For like, sure, I think that's what the MCU does. Is it's fun? For sure, and I don't think I I want the end product, not the the intention. Yeah, I don't I I don't I don't want someone to be afraid to to put certain things in a movie. Yeah, I want you. someone to be like, oh, it would be cool if we did this yes. fun little stylized thing where we had, I don't know, just like a fun weird thing to do. Like I, I, I want to see more diversity in the kind of stories that we tell. I would love to see, I haven't watched, not, I kind of want to go watch that most, re, uh, the two seasons of Punisher that are out. Because that's something like, something like that. I don't know, something weird and, and by weird, I mean like more, not normal, but like different, you know, like something like that could have been made in the 2000s, like something that's going to have a little bit more. Go watch Blade Trinity. Boy, I, <laughs> I remember being young and really liking Blade Trinity. And I, I bet th- it's terrible. I think it would be awful now. Yeah, I, I bet it's I, really I, terrible. I am sure I would go back and watch a, that movie and be like, wow, this is awful. There are people that still love the first one and the third one. Like there's people that still. The, the first one. The is second a, one's the one I remember being the best. Hmm. The third Which one. Which one was Del Toro? Uh, second and third, I think. No, just a second. You sure? Yeah. Uh, I watched the whole review series on this oh, the okay. other day. Okay. Uh, the third one is crazy. I can't wait for us to do Blade movies. Mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes. Oh, we're gonna have to, right? Eventually, yeah. Wesley Snipes did not want to do that movie. He then he did three. He number three. He didn't want to oh. do specifically number three. He fought them at every turn he would just not show up for scenes there were <laughs> there are several scenes where you are looking at his stunt double because it's just a shot of him from the back that's not him there that is a stunt double there there is one scene at the end of the movie i swear to god this is real you can look it up 
He is laying on a table at the end of the movie. You think he is dead. Spoilers, he's not. And his eyes come open and he kills everybody in the room. Wesley Snipes refused yes. to open his eyes for that scene and they CGI added eyes and they <laughs> open. And if you go and you watch that, it is very clear those are CGI eyes. Those CGI eyes. Those are yeah. not his eyes opening. They are, they are Wait, CGI. Wait, what, what did you watch about this? Because I want to watch this. It's a Cosmonaut picture show where he goes and reviews the, the okay. Blade movies. Yeah, send that to me. I'll send it to you. But he talks about Blade 3 and Blade 3 it was mired in all of this. Like they talk about how awful the movie was. You know, what stands out the most to me. There are three things that stand out the most to me about blade three. These are the only three things I remember as well from the movie. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that triple H is in it. Yes. The line cock juggling thunder cunt. Yes. From Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. Yep. And the line, I was born ready. Motherfucker. To the final bad guy. It was Dracula. (laughs) Yeah. It was blade versus Dracula. And Dracula says, are you ready? He's like, are you ready to die or something like that? And he says, I was born ready, motherfucker. <laughs> I think that's the only one I've seen. I think I've only seen the third one. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty they bad. Are, they are very forward with their uh, their swearing in that movie. Yeah. I don't mind swearing, obviously. I just did it a whole bunch. But I think when you get to that level of swearing, it's like, all right, we, got it. we went a little past. Well, and Blade has <laughs> always been one of the edgier Marvel characters, even in the comics. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see B-Bro. That's actually, maybe that's the one that I'm looking forward to, is Mahershala Ali's Blade, even though it sounds like they're having a very tough time making that movie. Does he yeah. also not want to come to the movie? They've had a lot of disagreements <laughs> when it comes to the script and the direction of the character, Mahershala Ali, and then oh. like who, who, the writers currently. Uh, and since it was his idea to cast of his blade in the first place they gotta listen to him so right. i believe he's a producer on yeah, it yeah and he has so a lot of say there there is a lot of uh a lot of that i my guess is he wants to do probably a more true to the comics type film but blade in the comics is incredibly violent and incredibly vulgar and mm-hmm. it's it's a very like tortured dark story and that just doesn't fit in our in today's MCU. Although we're getting, well, I mean, we're getting our first R-rated MCU movie soon enough. With Deadpool. will that even be an MCU movie? Like, it is a movie being produced by Marvel right now, but will it be an MCU movie? I mean, I guess they've they've said it's an MCU. I mean, that's like, what this podcast is for, I guess. But yeah. we'll see. No, but like they've they have repeatedly referred to it as Deadpool's first time in the yes. mcu yes. so like they are mm. very much saying and i mean we can speculate but like i have a feeling that the deadpool and wolverine that we're going to see are from the fox universe and at the end of the movie for whatever reason deadpool is going to end up and stay in the mcu universe. that makes sense that makes sense hey if everyone wants a good blade fix what i can recommend is there is a character heavily based based on satirizing blade in the venture brothers <laughs> So <laughs> he specifically hunts quote blackulas uh there is also <laughs> oh a video game coming out uh it is a midnight suns video yeah. game blade is part of that team it is a tactical uh like team-based tactics game so think like XCOM or uh games like that you know where you're mario like and rabbits mario and rabbits is another yeah. good one absolutely um, and instead of having like percentage chances, it's a card system where you have like a deck. Each character has a small deck of cards with different attacks. Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, uh, less action focused, more tactics. Okay, and it's made by the XCOM 
devs. But from so what like, I understand oh. is that it is XCOM mixed with like Fire Emblem. So like you have missions. Yes. Wait, I like that. And then that. on your no, you have the new Fire Emblem. So you have oh, missions. Oh, you're talking about dating sim. And in your off time, you can spend time with the team because you have a character that you created at the beginning. You spend huh. time with the team of the Midnight Sun. So you can like watch a movie with Blade or like go work out with Spider-Man or like do these things. And as you build relationships with them, you get <clears throat> better attacks and better cards and like team up moves and stuff. It sounds really interesting. It sounds really interesting and really weird, and yeah. I can't wait to play it and then immediately return it. <laughs> a massive fight breaks up between the X-Men, <laughs> Mystique, Toad, and Wolverine and Mystique breaking off, with Wolverine and Mystique breaking off while Mystique impersonates him. Uh, great job by Hugh Jackman here to be like himself and then also a Mystique version of himself. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask the same question I asked earlier about Kitty Pride, but about Mystique because... Her powers are obviously to shapeshift, but what's with all this like floaty combat that she's doing and oh, the music slimmer. in the background every time that she's like, but she, her, her gravity is different. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? Yeah, like, I don't think that's a power thing. I think that's a stylistic choice of this movie. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I find it strange. I like that when I was watching it, I turned to, to my wife and I go, so wait, so can she just... She can turn herself into adamantium, and exactly as I say that, he cuts off her claws. Oh, yeah, And yeah. my wife goes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Toad, despite having only, despite really only having the power to jump around, spit goo, and stick out his tongue, holds his own just fine against someone with eye lasers. I could do all of those things, just not nearly as well. <laughs> Holds his own just fighting at someone with eye lasers and all-powerful telekinetic and someone who literally controls the weather. They are a little inside. editorializing happening in these notes, Robert. It's a, yeah. it's a <laughs> goddamn hurricane. hurricane. It is a lot that Toad, like I'm watching this, I'm like, so like Toad versus the three of them goes well for Toad? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, Storm gains the upper hand on Toad, asking him, you know what happens when a Toad gets struck by lightning? Same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> I love that line. I don't think that's Unapologetically. true, Unapologetically. Like, I don't think the same thing happens to a rock when it gets struck by lightning as a toad. Now, I believe... If you believe the Pokemon uh, type advantages, you're correct. Yeah, that's true. This is one of, like, two lines from Joss Whedon's screenplay of X-Men, because he wrote an early draft. I think this is one of the bits that from his movie that made it in, and the other one was... You're a dick. Um, yes, confirmed. I, f I saw that fact earlier. Okay. I believe that. Um, yeah. The screenplay actually is credited to David Hayter, who I know better as the voice of Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. Snake. Yeah. yeah I wrote the X-Men. Colonel. <laughs> That's all I got. So I think as a, as a squad, we are okay with this line. Is that correct? I think it's great. Yeah. I don't think it's great, but I'm definitely okay with Joss it. Joss Whedon was not happy with Halle Berry's delivery of the line. He wanted it to be more flippant because that's how he likes all of his jokes. Uh, but um, I think it's fine. Yeah. Also, while we're on this line, so is is the hero of the movie murdering a dude or or is he just is it supposed to be he survived we just don't see him in the other movies cuz he does fly away screaming no 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 but no murder is okay in this movie okay yeah. we're cool with murder uh wolverine thinks he murders mystique the murder is cool in this movie hmm. 
We are. This is the year well, 2000. Murder is okay 2000. with Wolverine at the very least. This right. is the year 2000. Heroes are yeah, totally cool. Yeah, and we're, remember, we're still an action movie that's embarrassed to be a comic book movie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we are killing people. I mean, if you think back, like even to the Batman movies, I mean, they killed Joker. They killed people all the time in those movies. Sure. Didn't even make a big deal out of it. But. Like, okay, Batman 89, he's stopping Joker from getting away, and then it ends up killing Joker because it, that's a little bit different from okay, here, where she's got, to, she's got Toad dead to rights, and then just make sure it's dead forever. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> although, like I said, if he's screaming as he's blowing away, yeah. presumably if he gets in the water, although Toads, I guess, aren't the uh, You want to know what happens when a Toad hits the water from a great height? <laughs> not thing. not the same thing because toads don't have that much uh, weight, so they hit terminal velocity much quicker, and they're actually fine. Oh, mm-hmm. well, wow, maybe really that's used, one of his mutant powers. He really used maths there. <laughs> Storm then heads to meet Wolverine, who stabs her when his strong sense of smell tells him it's Mystique in disguise. That's another part of Wolverine slash Logan. That's like a weird that he can just smell really well, like. Is he kind of a Wolverine or like what? Like, why does he, why he smell so good? Peaches, you're from Michigan. Can you answer that question for <laughs> us? I was not a Wolverine. I was temporarily a Bronco. So if it was a horse related question, I would be able to answer okay. it. Is there a horse X-Men? <laughs> Can you tell us about Beta Ray Bill then? No. Oh, there Damn. we go. <laughs> Sorry. The X-Men make it to the torch but are subdued by Magneto who bends the metal to restrain them. He takes off Cyclops' glasses which let him control his lasers and points his head at Jean. Magneto then forces Wolverine's arms toward his own chest to keep him from using his claws. Yep, that'll stop him. <laughs> he tells Sabretooth giving his powers to Rogue will weaken him so Sabretooth is his only protection. Wait, that's another thing I don't understand. I have to jump ahead so I don't forget this. When Wolverine breaks free from the metal bars that are holding him to the inside by stabbing himself in the chest, how does that free him from the metal bars that are holding him to the inside? Because it cuts through the metal bars that were holding him? His claws went all the way through his chest and then to the metal bars that are on this side? So... Of I'm his with body? you where yes. it looks like he stabs himself, but then the bars in front of him explode because he stabs yes. himself. <laughs> oh, how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> I did like when Cyclops is like, blast him, Storm. <laughs> and Magneto says, oh, yes, a bolt of lightning into a huge copper yeah. conductor. I thought you lived at a school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. And the Ian McKellen the delivery. the line in this movie. That is a great line. <laughs> the Ian yeah. McKellen delivery is doing yeah. such I thought you lived at a school. <laughs> because it needs to be said, Ian McKellen is not actually Magneto. What he's doing is he is pretending <laughs> yes, to be Magneto. <laughs> and the camera's are on. He pretends. He sits there and he thinks, how would Magneto deliver this line? It would be. I thought you lived at a school. And then... What the fuck is happening Back right to now? Ian. Well, I, we will show you that clip later. Okay. <laughs> it's from a show called Extras. Oh, uh, okay. Which uh, also has a great uh, Patrick Stewart scene. <laughs> Magneto activates the machine, gives Rogue his powers, and the wave of energy from the machine starts to approach Ellis Island. Wolverine stabs himself to break out, heals, and attacks Sabretooth. The two fight across the crown of the statue before Logan is able to get Cyclops' glasses to Jean. Jean angles the glasses in front of Scott, tells him to open his eyes, and points the blast at Sabretooth, knocking him into a boat below the statue. Wolverine runs to help free Rogue, but Magneto has just enough strength to restrain him. 
Cyclops manages to perfect to perfectly direct a shot at Leshner, <laughs> giving Wolverine an opening to destroy the machine, freeing Rogue, and knocking out Magneto. That scene is how I knew that I have also seen this movie way too many times. Because as he's going to line up the shot before he even says the line out loud while I'm sitting there by myself in the living room, <laughs> went, I have a shot. I'm going to take it. <laughs> and, then he, and then he obviously said that. And I was like, fuck, man. Yeah. How many times have I seen this? A dying rogue who now has a streak of white in her hair once again takes Wolverine's powers to heal, exposing his battle scars before the X-Men leave for home and Magneto is arrested. I love that we gave Rogue's hair an origin story. Yeah. That was important. (laughs) Mystique, meanwhile, impersonates a security guard to avoid arrest. Back at the X-Mansion, Xavier awakens from his coma. Gene and Wolverine share some forced dialogue about having feelings for one another, and Charles tells Logan about a base where he thinks he can find out about his past. Wolverine steals Cyclops' motorcycle and goes in search of answers while Rogue stays with the school. Senator Kelly gives a press conference, and the X-Men realize it must be Mystique. In the final scene, Eric or Charles visits Eric in a prison made of plastic, and the two play chess. Eric continues to convince Charles that humans can pass laws against mutants. Charles says he knows and it keeps him up at night, but that he pities anyone who decides to attack his school. He reiterates that he visits his old friend in an attempt to find hope. Before leaving, while Leshner assures him the prison can't hold him forever, and the credits roll. And then he knocks over the the piece. He knocks over the Mm -hmm. chess piece, and at the bottom of the chess piece is a magnet. I didn't notice that. Yes. Wait, there is? Yes. He knocks over... That's the... that is the whole point. He knocks over the... That's how he gets out. He knocks over the chess piece. But that's not how he gets piece. out. No. It's the magnet. He, he breaks out in the second movie out. because... Did they set I, up how to get out? And yes. Then just, that, that's how they do it. That's how they do it at the end of the movie. They, they, they knock over the thing and there's a magnet under his... Uh, but he's then still that's in jail when the next movie the next starts. Movie. Yeah, I know. That's they, like... Didn't that's I spoil they, that earlier? That's how they set it up, though. At the end of this movie, he knocks over the thing and the bottom of the thing is a magnet. So they... I believe you. So what they did was they set up an escape. Then when they did the sequel, just forgot about it and used a completely different form to get him out. Yes. Okay, that's weird. Are you sure? That is how I have always read that scene. Maybe I am I thought he was just mad because he lost in chess and he knocked over his king. Maybe. To me, that I always thought that was a magnet. Hmm. Huh. Water, fire, air, and earth. Uh, Post-credits didn't really exist yet. Uh, so this was the first of this like new age of superhero movies. So, you know, we had a lot of the Batman movies of the past. We had the Superman movies of the past. We had that weird... Actually, was that Incredible Hulk film already done yet? No. That was 2003. 2003. Yes. So, okay. So we hadn't even done that yet. So Blade was 98. So we had Blade, but Blade, Blade was, was like a... Yeah, no one th- thought of Blade as a comic book movie, even though it was. Blade yeah. was more of like a... It was an like action a, movie based on a comic book. Yeah, yeah. Much like you described X-Men, which is, you know, accurate. Sure. And so this is the first that kind of really set off like a chain of events that would eventually lead to the MCU. Yeah. Um, Do you guys think this holds up? I do, actually. I think it does. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's still fun Tell to us watch. why it doesn't, Eduardo. I think this movie is trapped in a time period, and while there are a lot of things that I find hilarious in this movie, I find them hilarious because of how weird and stupid they are. <laughs> a lot of the line delivery, the perfect encapsulation of why I think this movie is hilariously bad is when Wolverine, and it was in every trailer, every trailer for this movie had Wolverine have his claws, and then he puts two of the claws down and gives them the finger 
and by the finger I mean the claw. The claw. They the did claw. ruin that joke. Yeah, it is. It is just a perfect encapsulation of what I don't like about this movie, which is that kind of that. I, I don't know. It, it, it is using comedy in a superhero movie, which is not the first. Mm, Pretty standard now. It's very standard now, and it's interesting to think about because, like, the... Well, no, you could say some of the Batman, like Batman Forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nice to meet you. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Or is that Batman and Robin? Well, that's Simpsons, but yeah. Yeah, Batman and Robin is one with... um, with killed the That's the one that is like in like it it knows how silly it is. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it swings chill. back to like sixties Batman camp. Yeah, that's the one where they have the nipples on the suit. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff I don't love about this movie. Is I just I think the comedy's subjective and I just don't find some of that stuff like actually funny. I think it's funny because of how bad it is, not necessarily because I think the jokes are actually funny. Um and that so does it hold up in that regard? Like, do I like hold this up as like a pinnacle uh, superhero movie? No, uh, because of some of that stuff. Some of that stuff to me just doesn't age well, and that's why I don't love it. Now, mm. it's a beloved movie for me. I love this movie. Uh, do I think it ages well? No. Do I think it's you know a a top film? No. But I love this movie because I watched it a ton when I was a kid, and I loved superheroes, and I would watch anything that had superheroes with them okay. in it. So having only seen this twice, I. I agree with a lot of what you're saying i think there's a lot that doesn't age well and a lot of that is the humor kind of like i said earlier i feel like this movie was afraid to have fun and when it was having fun it was more like making fun of itself and where it came from right yeah like only nerds like this stuff Mm -hmm. right and that's the the yellow spandex line (laughs) and stuff like that but at the same time i still think it handles the characters well i still think it's it's, it's a lot of fun it's cool seeing a superhero movie i think at the time it came out it was this is probably comfortably the best live action superhero movie at the time it came out. You know, it's so crazy because imagine being like, we've done it, guys. We've made the best live action right. superhero movie. And then two years later. Right. And now it's probably <laughs> not in my top 20. Yeah. It's sure. right. But even two yeah, years, two years, years later, later, Spider-Man, Spider-Man comes out. Yeah. yeah. And then you go, all right, well, we had our time in the sun. Right. <laughs> you know? exactly. All right. Time to move <laughs> on. <laughs> so um, X2 is pretty great, though. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I definitely I'm think forward to that one. ages, I definitely think superhero movies have gotten better for a lot of the reasons you said, but I also still think this is a good one. Like, I still think it's fun to watch, and it, and it's not, it's not, it doesn't bastardize the source material. It just at times seems to not want to fully embrace it. Yeah, I don't have much more to add on that. I, I agree with you. Kind of what makes me sad, though, is thinking back, this did a great job of setting up well, it could have been a great franchise, and the sequel obviously did nothing to derail that. And then, mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a few years since I've watched it, but I I remember X two like being comfortably better than a movie that I already liked. I, what would you say is typically the worst movie in a it, a given trilogy? I know it's always different, but if you were to pick on average what the worst three. movie in a trilogy is. Do you think it's the third one? I, th- third I one. think generally people think the first one's good, the second one is the best, and the third one does not reach the heights. I mean, Man, I've always had in my brain that the second one was usually the worst. Oh, no, Empire Strikes Back. The second Back. one's the best. Uh, Empire mm. Strikes Back and The Dark Knight are the first two examples I can yeah, think I, of where I guess if you people go, by go the oh, old, yeah, the second one is yep. definitely the best. If you go by the old children's uh, saying, the first is the worst and the second is the best, and the third is the one with the polka dot dress. Yes. I was going to say the one with I the mean, hairy chest. I don't I love Return of the, the Jedi. With the treasure chest? 
I love Return of the sure. Jedi, but I think it's universally considered the weakest of the original trilogy. Uh, oh, um, the sequel trilogy. Sequel First trilogy one is good. The Second one. one is the best by by far. Third one's bad. What uh, about like uh, the, Back to the Future? You think the second Back to the Future is the best? It's better yes. than the third. And then it's, it, I think sec- sec- I, the second Ooh, I think is the best. I think the first think, is the best. No, I think, I think the, second's the second's the best, the best and the third is definitely the worst. Right. Ooh. Yes, I think I agree with Eduardo. Okay, it's been a while since I Man, watched those. I like I the first Back to the Future the Dark Knight trilogy, the third is the worst. Second's the best. That's I still fair. think all first three is the good, one with though. the hairy chest. X-Men, third is the worst. Oh, that one is easy to say. Indiana Jones is an exception. I think the third is the best. Oh, even the-, the Brian Singer mm-hmm. trilogy, uh, even though it's not a tri- trilogy, but first movie, X-Men first class, mm-hmm. good movie. Days of Future Past, great movie. Uh, Apocalypse. Woo. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And we don't talk about oh. Dark Phoenix, except we will. No, we're going to have to. <laughs> Sam Raimi trilogy. Oh, we do. Sam Raimi yeah. trilogy. Sam First, Raimi yeah. trilogy is good. Uh-huh. Second Another is the best. One. Third is, I think the third is underrated in hindsight, but it is also it's the worst. Still, yeah, it's I wonder still not why as good as the I first have one. it in my brain that on average the second one is the worst. That's just what it's in I, there. It's what's in there. I feel like that's less and less of a thing now, especially now because, I don't know, just with... It's hard to think of like trilogies in the MCU because there's so mm-hmm. much other stuff that happens now. Jurassic Park. Uh, Jurassic Park first one's the best. Yeah, if you're that, going by the original trilogy of Jurassic Park, first is the best, second is passable, third needed to not exist. I th- I still think the third one's fun, although I have not watched it in a while. Mm-hmm. But I had fun with the third one. But, I mean, it's hard because the first is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So... Lord of the Rings movies. So Lord of the Rings is basically a three-way tie. But yeah. if I'm going to split is hairs, a... the second is the weakest is the wrong word, but you know what I'm going for. The least great. The third one on those yep. Oscars, but that was definitely uh, like a bestowing it on the yes. entire trilogy kind yeah. of thing. Hmm. Give right. me another trilogy. No. Okay, <laughs> you want to just do this forever? All right. Uh, MVPs. Iron Man. <laughs> Robbie, we'll start with you. Who's your MVP for this movie? It's Magneto. Okay. <laughs> it's, I mean... There's some other good performances in here, but Ian McKellen's Magneto is the best. It's fantastic. What about you, Chris? Uh, you know, it's it's between Xavier and Magneto for me, and maybe always will be. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. But um, I guess I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Magneto just because I don't think we'd gotten a sympathetic comic book villain like to this degree yet in comic book movies i mean i guess and here's why i confess that i have not seen batman and robin but um i know that they took the sympathetic mr freeze story from the animated series and put it into that movie but i'm gonna guess that they didn't pull it off very well no um (laughs) whereas they pulled off sympathetic magneto in this and they they did what i lo- what all the best movies do superhero or otherwise when they make the villain an interesting character when they focus on making an interesting character over a good villain they inevitably end up making a great villain um i think or or antagonist we were talking before the show like how i get uncomfortable calling for example namor a villain in wakanda forever i won't go into spoilers or anything but you have an interesting character there, and he's great. Loki, another great example. Killmonger, Thanos. You know, when you make a good character, you end up with a great villain, and I think that's what they do with Magneto in these movies. Uh, Eduardo, you you want to tell us your MVP? 
You know, it's interesting. I actually don't think Magneto is that interesting in this movie. I think uh, Ian McKellen's performance is great, but I don't think his character is like I don't I don't feel sympathy for this Magneto not yet. I don't think it. Weird. Do you think that I'm projecting from like X two because that's possible? I think I so. might be as well. I you think know? in this first movie, he's actually not. You're not given his motivations a lot besides I hate all non mutants. I'm gonna make mutants. Like you're not besides that beginning first mm. scene. You're not actually given that much with Magneto when he's not interacting with the x-men yeah and having like small bits of like you're wrong i'm right type stuff can like i that. change my answer because <laughs> <laughs> i think you've convinced me that i think i am projecting what i know about magneto from later movies onto but who this. is it then it's uh, it's xavier i think it's xavier yeah i think patrick stewart you think of professor x in your head you don't think james mcavoy you think patrick stewart yeah because patrick stewart He's one of those guys. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. They are. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. There is no beginning and end. Nick Fury. Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury. Patrick Stewart is Professor X. Like there is, yeah. They are the same to it's, me. It's like they created that character for him before he was a big actor. Yeah, somehow. for real. Like they predicted him. And put him in the comic. Absolutely. I, I actually remember I was I was a uh, subscriber to Disney Adventures when I was a kid. It was a little oh hell yeah, which was a, a magazine. And I want to say it was like ninety five. They were interviewing Patrick Stewart and said, "So you're going to play uh, Professor X?" I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like like even at that point in my life, I'm like, "That's so perfect." And then because when you're a child, everything takes forever. That movie didn't come out for another five years. I'm like, "Oh, I must have forgotten that." But I, even back then, I'm like, "Okay, that's perfect. That's." Peach, what about you? Hmm, I mean, it's tough. There's like three characters that are mainly in the movie and everyone else is kind of like there sometimes. So you've, right, you've got like Magneto, you've got Professor X, or you have Wolverine. I think are your three contenders for this spot. And Not Sabretooth? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough, man. Like, I think Professor X is good too. I think you're right that, you know, you think of Patrick Stewart, you think of uh, Professor Xavier or vice versa, but I am thinking about that comment we made earlier about how when he gets to the mansion, he's kind of just like fucking with Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if he'd really do that. I mean, he did it, but uh, I guess if I were to pick one of those three, it would probably be Xavier. Uh, I don't think Wolverine is as cheesy as you said he was earlier. I think he's doing a pretty decent job. I mean, there's a reason that Hugh Jackman kept coming back and keeps getting requested I to think, be Wolverine. I think Hugh Jackman evolves with the role, and I think he sure. ends up being better. I, I don't agree. think this first outing is... it's And it's not Hugh Jackman's fault. I think it's the writing's yeah, fault. Yeah, if I think yeah. about how good Wolverine is, I think I am also projecting X2 onto the character from this movie. There are lots of additions and changes to the character. Like, uh, the way he plays Logan in Logan... Is oh yeah, out of this world good. It's yeah, it's, it's so great. Now we didn't talk about this, but we all know that Hugh Jackman was not originally cast as Wolverine in this movie, right? I think that was a fact that was in my head at some point. Yes, it was originally uh, Doug Ray Scott. Who's that? Uh, he is a Scottish actor. Uh, he was not able to do it because oh. he was uh, busy with Mission Impossible Two. Well, he came out ahead um, because it got put. <laughs> it got pushed back. Um, production. It was supposed to be able to finish MI2 and then go right into X-Men as Wolverine. But there were production delays on Mission Impossible 2 and uh, 
Fox couldn't wait around for him, so they ended up recasting. As a side note, because I've only seen this movie, I think, again, this was the second time, in my memory, Lee Schreiber was uh, Sabretooth in this movie. I'm watching, I'm like, why does it not look like him? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had the same thing. I was like, wait a second. That can't be him. Ratings. What are you guys going to rate the first X-Men movie? I'm going to start with you, Robbie. Uh, I went back and forth with this because it's kind of really hard to compare it to MCU. So I went back and looked at my old MCU ratings to try and figure out, okay, where would I put this movie in the MCU? And finally, I settled on uh, 7 out of 10 toads that are just as conductive as everything else. How about you, Chris? Um, I'm a little bit ahead of that, but not much. Uh, I gave it 7.5 plastic prisons out of 10. How about you, Peach? Yeah, I think nostalgia adds points to this movie for yeah. me. Like, I do think it aged just fine. I think it holds up well. Uh, it's fun to watch. The cheesy lines are more fun than they are stupid. And but I, I and that said, yeah, I think nostalgia does help it a lot. If it came out today, we'd be like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> but I gave oh, yeah. it seven and a half yellow spandex suits out of ten. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to give it, uh, my nostalgia is going to help the score, but it's still not going to be as high as yours. I'm giving it six adamantium middle fingers out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Oh, man. Making it a middle finger just to. <laughs> okay, so I also you- would like to just really, uh, really commit to the fact that that was not a good enough reason to say that that Wolverine wasn't Mystique. Uh, prove right? it to you. You're a dick. Okay. <laughs> Who on planet Earth does not know or think that Scott Summers is a dick? I don't know. From the, at, this, at, at this point in this movie, Scott Summers, it's Wolverine being a dick the yes. whole time. Yeah, at know. least at this point in this movie, it's Logan that just like is antagonizing him. No, I know. And torturing him it's the whole movie. Smarmy though. Although he's giving it back to Wolverine, but like the way he's like, stay away from my girl. Because he was like. Wolverine what said are you going to do? Oh, Tell yeah, me to yeah. stay yeah. away from your girl? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, he is antagonized first. Yeah. They, every yeah, actually, time. I mean, they fair, both suck in that scene. <laughs> well, no, to be fair, Cyclops for a second is kind of like a feminist king because he's like, I don't, if I needed to tell you to stay away from my girl, she wouldn't be my girl. Like, and then he does it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Then he does it anyway. For a second, he's, you know, he's like, know, oh, feminist. You're a little scared there. <laughs> It, I, I thought it, I think it's I think in this movie he's maybe a little misunderstood. He's most misunderstood in X Men Three though. We'll get there. Oh God, uh, that uh, that made me so mad. You just don't understand me. Uh, rankings. <laughs> we get a rank X Men. Oh, this is by far the best one so far. <laughs> yeah. This is the best X Men. I actually one. think yeah. it's the worst one so far. Coming oh, in at no, seven point five. <laughs> Mine comes in on my list right at the middle, beginning, end at 7.5. Yeah, yeah, solid, solid. All right, y'all, before we go, it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Recommendations. Recommendation jingle. Yeah. Why do you say it like nobody likes this segment? What do you mean? I think everyone <laughs> likes this segment. I know the way you I just said it, it was like been a hit. You're like, now it's yeah, time like it. for everyone's favorite. I thought I was I thought I was more energetic than <laughs> okay. that. Okay. <laughs> Going down, sir. Alright, just for that you get to go first. I don't have a recommendation. I have one this week. Alright, let's hear it. I would like to recommend the Roku original film Weird the Al Yankovic story. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. It is uh, available even if you don't have a Roku device. If you have a Roku device and you have the Roku channel on that, but you can go to RokuChannel.com to watch it for free. You don't even, I think you just need to sign up. It's no 
subscription or anything. Uh, you just need to like make an account. Um, but it is, I am a huge Weird Al Yankovic fan. Um, have been for just about my whole life. Um, it's one of my favorite comedians. Honestly, one of my favorite musicians too. I've seen him in concert twice and this movie, if you have not seen any of the trailers or anything for it, it stars Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter himself, as Weird Al. He looks nothing like him, and it's brilliant uh, because it is a parody of the serious biopic movie about like a musician, you know, like your Bohemian Rhapsody or or something like that. Elvis. Yeah, and yeah, Rain Elvis. Wilson is Doctor Demento, right? Yeah, yeah Rain Wilson plays Doctor Demento, the radio host who. Uh, kind of helped, you know, in real life made Weird Al a star. Um, and uh, Evan Rachel Wood is in it as Madonna. Um, so Weird Al's actual life story is actually fairly tame and boring. All right, he has never gotten into like any major trouble. He never had a drug problem. Not, you know, <laughs> major trouble. <laughs> um, he has had a very scandal free life. In fact, if you've ever watched, if you remember the VH1 show Behind the Music, yes, the Behind the Music of Weird Al is very funny because usually about 15 minutes into Behind the Music, they cut to a commercial and they're like, and then tragedy struck and they will show like the terrible thing that happens. And then for Weird Al, because his life was so fine up to that, <laughs> you know, at point, they're like, next, Al deals with failure and it cuts to him and he goes, then my next album only went gold instead of platinum. <laughs> and I couldn't afford another. It was like, I can't yeah, afford I couldn't another have, I had to music buy, desk. I had desk to buy the regular jacuzzi instead yes, of the gold-plated yes, one. Yes, the regular jacuzzi. Yeah. Is that what uh, he's referencing in uh, Don't Download This Song? He might. Maybe. <laughs> huh. Don't take away money from yeah, artists really just like me. Because he doesn't take it very seriously. Yeah. And... So so this movie, you know, this movie plays it plays it all very straight and it is absolutely there are like three true things in it. Like <laughs> like one true thing is that he did get his first accordion from a door-to-door salesman. That seems like the kind of thing they make up for the movie, but that's actually what happened. <laughs> um his father did not then subsequently beat the man nearly to death for selling him an accordion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his father really does not want him playing an accordion. Uh, he does not want him writing parody songs because he thinks that it is of the devil. <laughs> he wants him to grow up and work at the factory with him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, he never actually had an affair with Madonna. Um, it's it's really funny. Uh, if you find out that it is a biopic and all of those things that were made up were true? Um, I... I will not spoil the ending, but that definitely is not what happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's very funny. He wrote an original song for the, uh, the credits as well, which is also very funny, but uh, yeah, I am going to recommend that movie. A lot of great cameos from a lot of different comedians and actors. Jack Black has a cameo in it. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, that's my recommendation. Who's next? Uh, I guess I can go next cause I'm next to you. And I know what I'm recommending. Uh, I'm going to kind of briefly recommend one thing and then another thing more seriously. Uh, okay, first so the Venture off, Brothers. Well, also the Venture Brothers. <laughs> uh, I'm not just saying. So it is. A, it has a parody. And he's in multiple episodes. He's like a secondary character of Blade. But kind of like Blade mixed with Samuel L. Jackson and Shaft. Um, but uh, 
yes, watch the Venture Brothers. Uh, I'm also Andor has its season finale coming up. Oh yeah, I might watch that now that it's almost completely yeah, out. I, yeah. So I don't normally like binge television, but I think it may have served Andor well because it kind of starts pretty slow. Uh, but at this point, I think Andor is my favorite Star Wars released since 1983. Um, it, it's fantastic. It's very uh, good. So get ready, watch the finale of Andor. Better than season one of Mando? I think so, maybe. Interesting. Um, uh, one of our also, other I friends like said that recently, Mandal- too. Mandalorian more, anyway. Better in a very different way, yes, I think. I'll agree with that. Mandalorian is some of the best fun Star Wars we've gotten in a long Agreed. time. And not that Andor isn't fun, but it is definitely telling a much more yes. serious story. Andor is less fan service, and I very much enjoy Star Wars fan service, so I have no problem with the but other season. Shows season being... one of Mandalorian was not fan service. What, do you think it was? No, no, no. no Two no, no, no. was, no, for I, sure. I think it was more so than Andor, but yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, even, yeah. But uh, anyway, it's fantastic. I also like The Mandalorian. Um, my other recommendation is going to be, if it still exists at the time you're listening to this podcast, go uh, hang out on Twitter while you can. Before it's <laughs> uh, Twitter has been, I think Twitter is the best form of social media because of how simplified it is because it is just (laughs) you you write in a limited form and there's not much else going on there and then it is very 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 easy to curate and just make sure that you are only seeing the people that you like which is where echo chambers come from uh but that's probably not ever going to be avoided on social media and so it is it is basically the closest thing we have now to a town square. It is a great place for curating news, for curating sports, for curating, you know, uh, keeping track of live events when they're happening. And uh, it's when a new fun video game comes out, it's a great time. When a new movie comes out, it's a great time. Uh, experiencing the reactions to Endgame uh, and, and The Force Awakens was amazing on there. Uh, it is getting turned upside down, which is major news. And so I'm sure you know about it. Uh, it's, I'm not an alarmist, so I kind of assume something will fill the void when it dies, if it dies. Uh, but it's been, you know, a a pretty great place. It's, you know, there's not other places on the internet where you can easily interact with, um, celebrities and not in a way that is like, oh, cool. You know, so-and-so added me. I mean, like actually having, you know, I've had some good conversations with, uh, you know, major journalists, with, um, athletes, (laughs) There's so um, many army members here. <laughs> and I do think it is going to be it is going to be bad for news and politics when Twitter ceases to exist because there is not another social media that handles uh, political discourse the way um, the the town square format does. You're, like, so. you're literally just being that meme from the Titanic gentleman. It's that, been, it's been, been a privilege over. playing with you tonight. <laughs> yes, it has been. I mean... <laughs> My man Soundlord next to me went viral because of birds on Twitter. And so... Yeah, uh, yeah because of a traumatic event that was happening, happening to I me. I stole your thunder. <laughs> Stolen valor is how I went viral on Twitter. <laughs> Something bad happened to Eduardo and everyone retweeted me about it. Because I was far enough removed that I was allowed to tweet about it. <laughs> so. And then related to that recommendation is... If it's Mastodon, which is prob- it's probably not going to be Mastodon because it's too obsessed with segmenting the population. Yeah. Um, but when something rises up, uh, you know, rise uh, up. Uh, be there <laughs> and be open and be engaged on the news. Being engaged on what's happening in your world is valuable. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I, I gave up Twitter earlier this year for my mental health, and it was the right decision. But before it was just a horrible 
drain on my my psyche. I do think that there was some good to it. I mean, I think a lot of people have gotten a lot of opportunities because of Twitter. Correct. I know for me, my comic that got published, that all happened because of Twitter. So that was a major, very good thing that happened for me. Yep. And it made made you a very good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, uh, (laughs) it, It... exposed me to a lot of viewpoints i don't think that i would have been exposed to otherwise and i think it made me a more empathetic and thoughtful person about i agree with that uh, marginalized communities it gave a lot of uh, people a voice that did not have a voice before i know a lot of places in the u.s and across the world it's been used for organizing correct when you think about it like black lives matter and me too started out as hashtags and those things changed the world Mm -hmm. so yeah twitter wasn't all bad it was it was even, a hell site but i don't think it was mostly bad i think there was definitely bad in twitter i just blocked those people yeah i think i think facebook has probably done more damage than twitter Agreed. um twitter certainly doesn't have the cleanest hands yeah man i delete all of my cringy facebook things. statuses every day now it has done some damage <laughs> to me oh boy <laughs> You have done some damage to I you. I did it, yeah. And now it it's me. erased. It was me. Someone else recommends something. I'm like the the meme of the guy putting the stick in his bike tire. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Peach well, is going to recommend you going back and deleting your old social media posts. I do, if they're cringy. Yeah. Listen, man, I've learned that most of my old social media posts were song lyrics and me being grumpy. Like, <laughs> I've said this before, but one a long time ago, I posted a song lyric and not enough people liked it on facebook so i posted it again like a week later (laughs) if we're gonna be recommending uh on the train of recommending things that people already widely know about uh i'm gonna recommend spotify then uh i think this is a fine segue and the reason that i'm gonna recommend spotify is because i think it's the best music player for this reason the discover weekly is fucking awesome so that's a feature if you don't know about on Spotify, you should definitely listen to it. If you like discovering new music, I know there are people that are like, I'm going to listen to my same three albums forever and that's all that I need. But if you like finding new music and you are liking, like you're physically pushing the heart button on Spotify for songs that you like, Discover Weekly is awesome because every Monday, Spotify will find 25 songs, most of which you probably haven't listened to before. Every so often you get one that you've, You've probably listened to on Spotify, but you get 25 songs to listen to. And every week I learn about new songs that I like, and it's been great. So it's like one of my Monday rituals. So I don't think I need to recommend Spotify, but I guess more of a PSA that if you don't know about discover weekly, it is a free feature on the app and you should use it if you want on to discover you pay for yeah <laughs> well you don't have to pay for spotify yeah but you don't get the feature unless you pay you don't get discover weekly i don't think so i'm not sure if that's, that's true i think you would just get it with ads maybe um but i Someone recommend don't it. subscribe to spotify and let us know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh it's me i can do this i can be that person. yeah go All right, your, open your spotify right now and see if you have discover I don't, weekly. I don't have spotify on this phone oh doesn't that's, use it at all. That's weird. We'll check yeah. in in two weeks. I don't listen to music. Uh, well, I'll see if Switchfoot drops a new album. <laughs> I don't even listen to Switchfoot anymore. <laughs> okay. I don't listen to music. Wow. That's so strange even to say. Switchfoot. What is their recommendation algorithm? I don't have it memorized. Recommendation oh, okay. Or know algorithm. it at all. <laughs> I was just wondering if it's like the Music Genome yeah, Project. Yeah, so when you like look up Switchfoot, they recommend Change Leg. Okay. I don't... <laughs> 
I'm just very oh interested. I'm just very interested in the music genome what project. Kind of so I was wondering if it was. I don't know to that. exactly what they do, but I know like they they find a lot of cool stuff. I mean, I think it's based on what you're listening to on repeat and what you've liked. Well, that's not because really they I kind mean, of log fine. that stuff, um, and then you know they one time every so often though because I do listen to video game music, but every so often they'll throw a song from like Sonic Adventure Two in there, and that is the best Monday of my life. That every always time. makes me happy. Every time that I'm just like I've got my Discover Weekly going in the background and I'm working, and suddenly it's like do 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 get do 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 yeah, rolling around at the speed of sound. It's like. I'm alive. I'm alive again. <laughs> I remember you I'm laughing alive. at me once because E G G M A N came on because I was playing my <laughs> yeah. Halloween playlist and I put that on there. I uh, am by the, the way, the man. AI the AI is called Bart. Thank you for understanding what I was actually asking. <laughs> yeah, bandits for recommendations as treatments. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what that means. That's what that's what their AI is called. I don't know. That's just their proprietary uh, yeah. AI that they use. I'm just glad that you were thanked for understanding and I am in trouble for being ignorant. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you moron. <Yeah. laughs> How dare you not understand the weird question he asked. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Eduardo, what are you recommending? I'm just going to take the easy alley Yeah, I know. <laughs> I Marvel know. snap. <laughs> I'm going to take the easy alley here. Uh, yeah, let me pass you the ball. I appreciate that. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok. Gasp. Uh, came out Major recently. Major God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> Uh, I don't have a lot to say about the game because I don't want anyone... Uh, first off, it's incredible. And two, it does a really interesting thing because it is... It is a... It's almost like a part two. It's like God of War 2018 was part one and this is part two. Like it continues the story. It, like it is a sequel. Is this, so it's like a sequel? <laughs> sure, but it is it is a sequel in a lot of like take something like Arkham Asylum and uh-huh. then Arkham City. Arkham City is the sequel to Arkham Asylum, but there is like a contained very contained story in Arkham Asylum and then there's Arkham City that has its own very contained story. Then there are some plots That's another trilogy that where of, people like the second one the most and the third one lately. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh Oh, I'm worried about God of War 2018-3. God of oh, War... Oh, this one's only two parts, though. That's It's only two parts. They're only doing a yeah. du- duology? Yes, yeah, a duology. Uh, study of duology. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I duo, you duo, he, she, we duo. Uh, they, them duo. I think the game's incredible. Yeah, it is a like a continuation in a lot of ways. In a lot of... It is a refinement of... The combat, it is some of the best acting I have literally ever seen in a video game. The motion capture in both the 2018 version and especially in this one is incredible. Christopher Judge playing Kratos is doing... You wouldn't think you're going to... Like that Kratos would have as good of a performance that could have such a good performance because it's a stoic, serious character. He's He has range in this game. It is so... Hmm unbelievably good um yeah my highest recommendation both 2018 god of war and god of war ragnarok please please go out and play them they deserve to be played by people those stories deserve to be experienced also uh i don't know if this is necessarily a spoiler i won't spoil who it is but there are several actors in this game now uh that are new characters that are introduced being played by 
people you've seen before and you'll mm. play the game and be like oh it's that person i didn't know they were in this that's cool someone from the most recent marvel film has a major role in this i believe yes yeah yes they do wow uh-huh. interesting that you know that yeah they do yeah there's also another character from another marvel property that is in the game and i'm not gonna say who it is or even where they're from what the fuck are you guys talking I bet I mean, I don't can, tell I bet me i can guess seeing as this game is about norse mythology <laughs> Okay. You huh. you can't guess. Okay. Or, I mean, maybe you can. You can if you go and list literally every Marvel character and every Marvel property that we've had recently. Man, Spider Man, Shield. <laughs> yeah, Spider Man's in there. Spider Man, Spider Man. <laughs> <Spider-Man>. K E V I N. But yeah, there's an actor in another Marvel property. So yeah, two. Yeah, because that person is in the most recent Marvel movie as well. Yeah, yes. interesting. Oh, huh. I was thinking of. Okay. Well, I won't say anything. No, no, you're fine. Yeah. But yeah, incredible stuff. Really recommend. But that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. Before we go, if you want to support the show, you can do so. Patreon.com slash Assembly Required. Join our patron-exclusive Discord. And huge shout-outs to our Avengers-level patrons, Brian, Riley, Adrian, and Michael. If you want to email the show, assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com. Uh, Follow some of us on Twitter, uh, abcdoardo1 for myself. While you can. Uh, Philkid3 for Robbie, while you can. The show is going to be at assemblycast. You can follow Peach over on twitch.tv slash peaches, P-E-A-C-H-3-Z. That's going to do it for myself, for Chris, for Robbie, for Peaches. We love you 3,000. Bye, everybody. Excelsior. Snack <laughs> What? Snick bub? It's Wolverine. Oh, that's his catchphrase. Oh, snicked snick like like his claws. Yes. yes. His claws. I thought you were speaking another language. I did too. I was like, <laughs> what was the fuck? Behold the snicked bub. Why do I have to go last when you're making up nonsense? <laughs> Can't hold it together, man.
Wolverine. Cool guy. Everybody's favorite, Wolverine. Favorite X-Man. Look, I've been going over your file, and I've made the decision to fire you because you are worthless. What? You're worthless, and you're fired. Fired? Let's add listening to your already impressive list of skills. I'll put it right next to, um, made of metal, the substance that the guy we fight the most can manipulate with his mind. But I've got these. Yes, very impressive. Also made of metal, but I guess handy for all those fights where you can get right next to the person you need to attack. This is your power. That's it, you flail. I'm pretty important to this team, bub. Okay, let's say Magneto is on one side of a bridge and he's killing a lot of people, like a lot. And we arrive on the other side of the bridge. I'm gonna run at him. You're gonna run at Magneto. I'm very fast. Okay, even if you're very fast, still gonna take you quite a while. A couple minutes. That's what, three dozen people dead? Or storm, fly over two seconds, suck him into a hurricane into a goddamn hurricane. Problem solved. I, I have a motorcycle, maybe I'd ride that. What is a motorcycle made of? Tubes. I'm sorry, you say tubes? Glass and tubes. I could really feel you picturing a motorcycle and trying. It's made of med, med, metal. 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 It's made of metal. It's made of metal, which he can twist and bend and throw you off the bridge, and now you're f***ing dead. I'm very useful to the team. I guess, when you're not off somewhere having harrowing visions of your origin. Oh, where did I come from? Where did I come from, though? No, no you're not hearing me. No one gives a hot sh But where did I come from? Get a journal, Logan. You're gonna have to find gainful employment somewhere else. But what will I do? Where do I go? I don't really give a sh if I had my way, you and Beast would be over at the airport sniffing bags for the TSA. It's one of your things, isn't it? I can smell really far. That does not help us. You do not help us. I have a motorcycle. You're not all here, are you? I'm not all there. Are you just saying back to me what I am saying? Did you just repeat what I said? Well, shh. Sh Hmm. Wolverine, I'm gonna write you a prescription um, for an antipsychotic that I'd like you to take. I have a motorcycle. You're fired. I'd kill you with my mind, but it doesn't feel right. Feel like I'd be putting down a special needs member of the cast of Footloose. Huh? Gonna go fight some nerds? Hey, Wolverine, you wanna see my claws? Eh, <laughs> eh, bub. You.